Hey there, you're listening to Metal Gear Mondays 2.0. This is Alessio coming at you with a little bit of a pre-roll. I just wanted to be sure to include a little message at the front of the episode to just say, the show's back. Um, And the show is back in a new format. So effectively we're going to be doing four to six episode seasons, mini seasons, um, moving forward, um, which would give us uh, several weeks in between each season. Um, And we'll be speaking more to that as the episode goes on but i just wanted to be extremely explicit right here at the front metal gear mondays is back it's taking a new format which will allow us to put more effort and energy into making the episodes better longer and more informative um, if you want to support us you can go to patreon.com slash metal gear mondays that's new um, or you can tweet directly at us at metal gear monday thanks character limit on twitter um, and on facebook facebook.com slash metal gear mondays enjoy the episode you guys and welcome to the new metal gear mondays wrestling superstar Sanjul sam wright is walking up and down the streets of seattle in present day america Oh my god, it's the champ! Champ, champ, would you sign an autograph? Oh, for your son? No, no, for me! Wait, what about your boy? Well, you can have him. Would that please the champ? <laughs> no need. I have an army of good boys. Champ, 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 champ. Wait, what's that there in the sky? What's that? I hope it's aliens so I can watch you suplex their leader. Yeah, champ, go get them! We join auteur filmmaker Alessio Summerfield inside the studio, also in present-day America. And that's a wrap. Great work, team. Oh, this is definitely going to be another Oscar contender. Eh, I don't have time to build another shelf to house more Oscars. I hope they give it to someone else. You know, someone who needs it, like that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio boy. Wait, but... But he's in the film, so you'll still, uh, be associated. Oh, is he? Well, damn, I couldn't tell. Was it was it the scene with Pitt, De Niro, Pacino, Hawk, DJ Khaled, Wareheim, Reichmuth, Wiseau, and, and William Shatner? Um, extra number three, yes. Oh, he has not aged well. Poor guy. Uh, somebody should probably tell his agent. Oh my god, the effects team really has stepped up their game since the last film. That's not our guys. We uh, we cut them a few hours ago. Oh, no! And now our two boys are trapped in an alternate dimension. Ugh. Did I, uh, did I land on something? Uh... Whoa, I'm sorry. Wait. Alessio? Sam! Where the hell are we? I have no idea. How have you been, though? I feel like I haven't seen you in ages since, you know, we shut down that... that podcast we were doing oh yeah that um well i've been good i hit it big when i took over microsoft in seattle and then i won every wrestling tournament in the world and got on the new york times bestseller list three years running oh that's right i absolutely loved your novelization of stevie g's bobbylon what have uh what have you been up to (laughs) same old same old you know just movie stuff i guess oh man gargantuan the story of inflatable boy that was stellar, man. It made me cry. It hit my soul. Thanks. It was really cool getting the rights to the State Puff Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. Who knew he had such a tragic backstory? <laughs> huh, what's this? It's a it's a missing flyer. Have you seen Hideo Kojima? 
that's weird. I feel like I just finished that awesome Metal Gear 1 remake that they built in the Fox engine on my PS4 Elite Ultra Shock Professional Ultra Double Wide XX1 edition. Oh, wait, what's that? What's that noise? Oh my god, what's... Does he have a Jolly Rancher for a head? What is that? I I don't know, but I think we should get out of here. Okay, Sam, let's go. Oh my god. <laughs> Over there, in the distance, what's up? <laughs> Oh, oh, what? What is that? It's a good thing we found this abandoned Diamond Dogs base. Yeah, there's a there's no reason for this to logically be here, but we had a pre-existing copy of the data lying around, so why not drop it in wherever, right? Yeah, totally. Hey, what's that? Oh, it looks like um podcasting gear. Uh... Sam, you think we got one more episode left in us? Looks like the gates of hell are right at our front door. Well, There's nothing more that I would want to be doing right now than recording a podcast, so let's do it. I hope no one asks where Isaac's at. Here we go. (laughs) Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Metal Gear Mondays, the Metal Gear fan cast brought to you by Metal Gear Mondays. Oh my god. Whoa! Uh, yeah, and we're back. So this is your uh, chronological sort of top to bottom, left to right, in some sort of order uh, Metal Gear podcast featuring uh, me, Alessio, and uh, our boy Sam. Sam? What's your name? Sam? Yo, this game sucks. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, me and Sam are going to be covering Metal Gear Survive. On episode sixty-five of Metal Gear, sixty-five to survive. Yeah, and uh, shout shout out to all the haters out there. This isn't a a one-off episode. Uh, It is with uh, (laughs) the hater. Uh, It is uh, the David hater. (laughs) It is uh, with great pleasure that uh, Sam and myself uh, introduce Metal Gear Mondays two point oh. Yeah. (laughs) 2.0, 2.0, doing the damn thing. We have to have a subtitle. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a uh, Metal Gear Mondays 2.0, doing the damn thing, tactical podcast at all. Beers up, gears up, 10 cup teams up, suckers walk. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so just to kind of dive in real, real quick on what the fuck that means for people. Um, so we are bringing the show back, um, but we are going to be bringing it back into sort of like four to six episode seasons. Um, and we are going to be covering sort of a variety of things within like a lump for that season. Um, it'll allow us the flexibility to record that whole season at once before putting it out. Um, and it will make the episodes better because we get to make the editing better um, and take our time and make it good. So for those of you who have no clue what the hell that means, that means that this episode is me and Sam talking about Survive. Next week's episode for you guys is going to be Metal Gear Rising Revengeance with me, Sam Isaac, and new boy, James Reichmuth, a.k.a. Jimmy the Stinger. Jimmy the Stinger. There, he was on He was on one episode um, back during Metal Gear Mondays, 1.0, did the damn thing. That, that was a subtitle. That was the subtitle for the first, the first uh, 1.0, and then for sure. doing the damn thing for 2.0. But he was on that one episode where you tried to explain Metal Gear to him. Correct. So, yeah, so the if, Metal Gear Mondays David Hater edition, and now we're in Metal Gear Mondays Kiefer Sutherland edition. Oh, no. Oh, harsh. <laughs> I, sent you a, I sent you a text. Um, uh, 
a couple days ago, um, which was a time hop notification from five years ago where I posted on Facebook that said they're making a new Metal Gear and David Hayter's not going to be the voice of Snake. I feel like I need to have words with somebody. <laughs> so it was around five years ago they announced that David Hayter was not going to be returning as Snake. And I, apparently my uh, 21-year-old self was very upset about that. <laughs> That's insane. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Um, but yeah, so uh, after the Metal Gear Rising episode, we we're going to be doing an episode with Sam and myself talking about, well actually all of us again yeah yeah sorry um the four boys talking about uh all of the metal gear mobile games um that we're just going to get them all in one big batch um and then after that we're having a fun time uh we're all going to be pr- bringing our own metal gear fan fiction to the table <laughs> oh and boy. uh sharing metal gear fan fiction and talking about fan fiction in general um but that's this season however um at Towards the end of June, we will be recording the next season, and that season will be Peace Walker. So we're going to be doing five episodes on Peace Walker. Um, we'll make some announcements as to when listener responses are due for that kind of stuff. Um, but this will give you guys more time to write in. It'll give us more time to make the show better. Hey, can I can I tell you what I've what I've really been up with? A beautiful, beautiful skit at the top of the at the top of the episode. <laughs> but I want to tell you what I've been really up to in the last what year or so. You're not a you're not an intergalactic wrestling uh, star. Not yet. I'm I'm mostly just a galactic wrestling star. The person, the the this current galaxy, but I'm branching gotcha. out. Um, oh, I want to play a game of two truths and a lie with you to let you know. Okay. Um, what what I've been up to. Um, so I'm going to tell you three things, and you have to guess which one's the lie. Okay. And it starts with in the in the time that between the last episode we recorded and this episode, I've gotten six tattoos. I've been obsessed for some reason with lemonade and also the Beyonce the, record, but both the Beyonce. Re- I drink lemonade while listening okay. to lemonade. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and then also I have invested in beard oil and it's been the best decision I've ever made in my life. I am. I'm going to go with the tattoos and the lemonade. Cause I can't remember if you have enough hair on your face for beard oil or not. I do have enough hair on my face for oh, beard, oil. No. beard oil. I tricked you. All three of them are true. Ah, oh, damn it. Well, that's great. I love mm. all of those. I love all three of those things. Thank you. <laughs> You're, would you Would you like to play? <laughs> or do you want to get into it? I'm trying to think of what I can... <laughs> let me pull something out of my butt real quick. Um, yeah, I don't know if I've got anything that's not... The same old shit. I too got a tattoo a couple a couple days ago. I got a big old twenty three tattooed on my left shoulder. Um, nice. I'll let you guys pon- pontificate as to what that's there for. Um, so the 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 Jim Carrey film, the number twenty three, uh, absolutely that and the Adele record, I believe, mm. um, and David Beckham's jersey number. So mm. I love I love how she names her records after how old she is when she recorded the record. For sure, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Um, so one other thing that I want to bring to the table with, with Metal Gear Mondays 2.0, we're doing the damn thing. Kiefer Sutherland, Kojima is dead. There is no God edition, um, is I'm going to start, uh, kind of putting some like 10 minute news, little bulletins at the beginning of every episode. So we're going to talk about some, some current affairs, Metal Gear shit. Current affairs. So here we go with this week's. Codec call. I don't fucking know what we're gonna call this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so cue here it, we go. Cue it here. Cue it here. It's time for new, new, 
new news, Metal Gear news. Yeah. A little. But yeah. Classics. So what I did for this week? So we've got two things that are pretty, pretty chill, pretty trill, and then we've got like three things that are like, eh. Um, Not. So the, <laughs> not, the yeah yeah. So the first thing, and this is kind of an oldie, but since we're talking about Metal Gear Survive, why why not? Uh, Metal Gear Survive was in the UK top five releases the month that it came out. That's buck wild to me because this game is not. That sounds not like some, it sounds like that. some buyer's remorse, right? Like I'm sure yeah. everybody who bought it has got to feel a, kind of a way about it, right? There, yeah, I, I would think so. Like I don't think that most of the people who bought this game, including I imagine us, um, really feel too too happy about the fact they spent forty dollars on it but there's got to be like a contingent of people out there that, that maintain that this game is the greatest thing ever for sure and we'll we'll talk more about that here in a second um yeah it looks like a few freelance artists just recently listed that they have gotten jobs at sony pictures and uh specifically to work on the metal gear solid film so it sounds mm-hmm. like it's still happening um Ooh. i don't know if so knowing what I know about the film world, I'm assuming what happened was that the intellectual property got optioned to Sony Pictures, and so Sony Pictures is carrying the torch forward. Um, I'm assuming that Konami is, n- depending on the contract details of the option, um, Konami may not even get final say on anything, um, depending, again. Um, at, at this stage, that might be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially what I wanted to say to all of our listeners out there is from my uh, very shallow knowledge into the legality and workflow of of purchasing intellectual property and making films out of it um i think we might be in the clear like this might be just like all sony and then the guy who directed kong island or whatever the fuck uh or kong skull island or whatever it might Mm. just be on their shoulders now so we might actually be in pretty good hands who knows um cool besides that the the we shall see didn't sony pictures also make amazing spider-man too yeah. So, well, technically, Sony I mean, Pictures was co-involved with, uh, uh, what's it called? Spider-Man uh, Homecoming? Yeah, but I guess they probably just like licensed it out, though. I don't, who knows? Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd give Homecoming to Marvel more than I would Sony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the shitty part, too, is like Sony Classics, like the publishing wing that just like publishes mm. uh, productions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they publish some f- fantastic films, so I don't know why Sony Pictures can't get their shit together, but... We will see. Um, the other the other news items are kind of real quick. Kind of, I literally just typed in Metal Gear and said, "Show me the last three weeks or last month <laughs> in Google." Um, and so, just to kind of give you guys a feel for things, uh, people are still lamenting uh, the fact that Metal Gear Solid Five feels like an unfinished game. Um, lots of people are talking about how Metal Gear Solid 2's ending speech still matters, and I'm talking like. Five articles got published in the last fucking forty eight hours about mm-hmm. this. I remember I sent you a link to like some type of Facebook post, um, which is funny because that that's also part of this, what we're about to start talking about. But mm-hmm. a couple of, a couple of, I guess it'd be like a couple months ago. And there was just like everything that the speech and that the Colonel said is just like way too relevant, like scary relevant mm-hmm. to like everything that's happening in the country right now. So my MGS two fanboys out there. Uh, yeah, definitely like some fake news, some like government, shit and i would say specifically with the whole cambridge analytica like weird facebook privacy breach uh things are kind of spooky problems 
Yes. Um, also, uh, between episode 64 and episode 65, like nine to ten months have passed. So if you guys still haven't watched the second Death Stranding trailer, or excuse me, the third Death Stranding trailer, um, or any of Hideo Kojima's interviews with IGN talking about the lore of Death Stranding, there's a lot of really fucking cool stuff. Sam, are you excited for that game? I'm very excited about that game. And you know, the buck, buck wild thing is that I still don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> still have no idea, like, what it is, how it plays, like, what the gameplay is. I'm just very excited for it, so. I didn't realize, so I know, based on the videos that are out right now, it does definitely seem like there's some sort of weird sort of interdimensional kind of, like, when you die, you don't really die, kind of death, Dark Souls yeah, style. Was, yeah, that was the the one interview that I remember sending you was, like, he was talking about how, like, that area with like like in the first trailer where like all those things were in the sky yeah and it was that's like, like the beach, death like area right down yeah when you die you go there and it's like a hub world kind of like dark souls is like this place where you're safe from everything and then you can go out and respawn and like go do the thing again so it's like it's intriguing and like there is like i don't understand how there's three trailers and he's had so many interviews and i still don't know what the game is the crazy part is some uh, – I believe it, there was an interview where he was talking about how there are multiple protagonists. And so apparently there's a female main character who speaks both French and German that appears in the game that we know nothing about. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen her at all in any of the yeah. trailers. And I believe that a lot of people are speculating that it may actually be um, – oh, man. I'm trying to remember who. Fuck. Uh, people are speculating that I, I think it's somebody from – it's somebody from one of the – recent oscar contenders that people are speculating it is and i can't remember if it was francis Shape of Water. mcdormand no uh <laughs> i wish no, that would be badass That'd though be fucking amazing um i can't remember who it was i think it may have been somebody from call me by your name or i can't remember mm. i don't know but anyway um sam are you, are you ready to you ready to jump into in metal gear survive with me oh god i guess here we go i don't want to go back i don't want to go back So, Metal Gear Survive is an action-adventure survival game that was released on the PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One on February the 20th in the United States of 2018, um, as well as the 21st and 22nd in Japan and Europe, respectively. Um, It was developed and published by Konami Digital Entertainment, and most notably, and I'm sure we will talk about this a lot today, is the first Mm -hmm. Metal Gear game developed since Hideo Kojima left Konami. Yeah. Um, There's a big stink around this game. Um... Sam, I think we should probably talk a little bit about the lead up to the game right. existing. So, and I know we've talked about it a little bit on Facebook. I know we've even talked about it a little bit even on the podcast before we stopped recording. So that means they definitely revealed it less than a year, oh. or a little or a little bit around a year ago. I want to say. Yeah, I want to before we start talking about that. I want to apologize because we have talked about it a little bit on the Facebook group, and I went on there and I was just like, "Hey, it's actually good." It's not. <laughs> yeah, we can. Let's talk about. Let's talk about pre-release reactions. Yes. Let's talk about beta, and let's talk mm-hmm. about initial reactions to the main game, because I I almost feel like there are four phases. Almost almost like the stages of grief. I feel like that there are four <laughs> phases, and I believe that I went through four different 
changes in my feelings. Okay, because I went through one, and <laughs> I think I think, uh, I think that'll be fun to contrast. Uh, very nice. Um, yeah. So pre-release, essentially, we were given some trailers that primarily seem to show off the. And this is sort of a problem with the marketing, in my opinion. Primarily seem to just show off the four-person co-op experience um, and primarily depicted what is roughly 90% of this game, which is chain-link fences and stabbing things with poles. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw that there were four characters. We saw that they were sort of like custom characters, kind of build your own uh, equipment, gear, um, we saw them clearly in what appeared to be the Afghanistan map from Metal Gear Solid Five, but with sort of like a, a coat of post-apocalypse paint over it. Um, and we just saw some dusty boys collecting some dusty things from some dusty zombies. <laughs> That's pretty much what some we saw. Dusty, dusty Jolly Rancher zombies. Yeah. So my initial response whenever I saw it was like, oh, cool. Is this going to be f- free DLC for Metal Gear Solid Five? No. Yep. <laughs> What did you think when you first saw the trailer, Sam? Um, I don't know what I thought. I think I remember watching the trailer and being like, this looks trash. I did not, I was not happy about it. Yeah, when I, <laughs> so, yeah and to be honest, I feel like 99% of the internet felt the same way. It was very much so like, I think it was like part of, part of the people that I follow on Twitter and stuff like that. I think like a, a chunk of them were like, Let's be cautiously optimistic. Maybe Konami can kind of do something interesting without Kojima present. Who knows? We're not holding our breath, but maybe. And then I think a I remember, majority were I remember were us screaming. talking about it, and I remember uh, talking about how like it looked so bad, and then you asked me, I think, you're going to get it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just begrudgingly. Yeah, I. so here's the deal. I didn't think I was going to buy this game. Um, yeah. And so that... Phase one of four, I was like, eh, not my cup of tea. I'm not a multiplayer guy. I don't really care. Um, And between phase one and phase two for me, I started playing like Overwatch and Monster Hunter and PUBG and Street Fighter again. And so like somehow between phase one and phase two, between pre-release and beta... Um, I somehow got to the point where I was pretty much only playing multiplayer games. And I think it's just because I was only free for like an hour or two at a time. Um, so it made sense. Yeah. And so it was like, well, I don't want to dive into anything too hefty. Um, and so within, I guess before you and I checked out the beta, I was kind of like, huh? PUBG gets hefty. Yeah. No, that's totally true. But yeah. So how did you, cause I know, so there was, there were two betas for anybody who's been sort of keeping up with this game, there were two beta periods. Um, there was one beta, I'd say, roughly about four months before release, and then there was one beta probably... Like the weekend before. I think. Yeah, like the weekend before it came out. And so Sam and I both... I think I logged into that first beta and fucked around in the lobby and then yeah. was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> Which I like... So the the second beta um, had the new lobby... With like you walked around and had like target practice stuff for sure. And legitimately, I'll give this game this. Legitimately, I think the multiplayer lobby of Metal Gear Survive is probably one of the coolest lobbies. I've yeah, ever. It's super been. cool. And just yeah. to yeah, just to kind of paint the picture for you guys, it's so it's the current co-op lobby for the game as well. Um, 
the, the second beta was the like current build, I guess, mm-hmm. of the lobby. And for those of you who don't ever want to play this game before or play this game ever, um, and I'm I'm hoping that's a majority of people. Um, for those of you who don't want to play this game, this episode I'm I kind of want to build it as like a service for you guys, so like you can listen to this episode and never have to play the game. And so um, to describe the 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 lobby that Sam's talking about, essentially it's it's kind of like Metal Gear Solid Three subsistence. Um, when you're in those like weird um, like cutscene choosing rooms and stuff yeah. from like the original it's like PS2, a, it's like a big white space. It's like a um, VR mission, kind of. Yeah, and like in, in the in the background, on like just kind of hovering, like super tall in the background of this white space, is the um, cards, like the like the, the pause equipment menu. cards. Yeah, yeah, of like, like the iDroid people. Yeah, of the people that are in the lobby. So it'll show, like, the person's current level um, and, like, what equipment they're using and the, like, stuff like that. And then and there's four spaces for everybody that can be in the lobby. So you can just, like, turn your camera and look up at, like... A, gi- a giant fucking stat card, essentially. Yeah, like, let me look at your baseball much. card. Yeah. It's just always there. Yeah. It also shows, like, the map that you're about to go to in, like, a huge... Mm-hmm. Off to, like, the left. Yeah. Essentially, like, you're kind of in, it looks like a circle, but really it's kind of like a four-walled giant room. And each wall kind of shows different parts of what your pause menu would show in the in the single player. Uh, but there's also, like, you can press a button and queue up a bunch of target practice dummies that kind of spawn yeah. from the floor and stuff like that. And everything, like, when you're in this space, all your ammo and, like, equipment and stuff is unlimited. So you can, like, play around as much as you want to with, like equipment and traps and things like that which feels so great and so yeah. when that's not the case it hurts <laughs> um and so yeah so let's talk a little bit about the beta sam because i think the beta got both of us really excited for this game yes um in a way that i didn't in a way that like you kind of go into a, a, a bad movie with your expectations like under the ground and then like yes. like you walk out and you're like holy shit like yeah that was a c plus but like it, it was wasn't the dumpster. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the dumpster fire. I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, the so, and this translates into the actual release as well. The multiplayer, I think, is the star of the package. Um, it definitely feels like maybe like the multiplayer should have been um, a couple of game modes released for Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh yeah. And, and if it would have been ten dollar DLC for MGS five, like I would have, oh. I would have. This would have been like an A plus recommendation. Like definitely go pick this up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the multiplayer was is really fun once you like kind of get get the hang of like what's happening. Um, you're in just like a a place uh, that you, that you have to defend, and this like digger is um, trying to collect energy from this space yeah we'll get into the the (laughs) narrative (laughs) deceit that's happening in this game yeah for sure um and while that's happening you have you can look on the map and a bunch of lanes are moving towards your base and there there are portals that are that are the end of the lanes and these like creatures the zombies will fall out of the portals and you have to defend your base and your digger from being destroyed and attacked. And so you're building up traps and walls and you're going around and killing everything. And there are like side missions too, which is weird. Like there are side missions um, 
scattered throughout the map. So if you have a full party, maybe um, one of you can like go off and like you find the side missions and collect extra energy and like do cool stuff. And they're like walker gears hidden around the map some someplace. Sometimes it's it's very interesting. It's um hearing you describe it the way that you just did, Sam. It didn't dawn on me until just now that like it actually has a lot of similarities, not just with base defense, but like Dota and like League of Legends. Yes, with the lanes and everything. Yeah, because there's lanes. There's like uh, what are they called? Not minions. Whatever. There's lanes. There's creatures. Um, and then those side missions are a lot like people who like jungle in like mobas. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so it's almost just like it's a Fox Engine zombie. MOBA crafting game and yeah with four people even if you're not really on voice chat it's still fun like me and Sam voice chatted with ourselves but we had like random people that we played with a little bit as well mm-hmm. um, and it was fun uh, you're throwing up fences um, you're building little blockades you're throwing grenades um, I I would go so far as to say that this game is at its peak when you're having to use every single item you have and things yeah. are feeling hairy and like you're not going to make it and then you do yeah and we can and and the, the here's here's what sucks about that though in the in the main release we didn't know this was going to be like this in the beta and we maybe we'll talk about this the multiplayer uses the same resources that you have in single player oh jesus fuck yeah so if you play the multiplayer and you like use up all your resources in multiplayer you have no fucking nothing yeah in it's single player this game and we'll talk about it i think um at at length as we kind of get into the story this game is definitely a rich get richer poor get poorer kind of situation mm-hmm. where like you're expending resources to do basic things um and yet you're having to do so much of the same basic things that if you're not taking time to grind out and harvest and do all this ammo conservation and essentially never get to use any of your shiny toys, um, you're just getting poorer and poorer. Um, and there's not really, I don't know. I feel like that there's a lot of balance issues here that, and that's what makes me feel like this was a very, uh, half-assed yeah, it- development. <laughs> And it jumps into like that realm because this has been like a big talking point these la- this last year for for gaming, like with uh, Star Wars and all these other things that are coming out. Is that this is a microtransaction game? And yeah, which I, and and I will say this just for the purpose of this podcast, we actually did not uh, utilize any of those microtransactions. No, I did not. Yeah, so I and there were a couple times throughout the course of owning the game and, and today where servers would go down and so the development team would just gift people like i think it's like, sv coins is what SV they're coins, called yeah. um and so we've i've got I've, I've amassed a bunch of them but really you can only use them to either buy resource containers which are essentially just like fucking loot boxes for yeah, random loot boxes and yeah stuff, for, or for you craftable can buy like stuff a, yeah and you can buy like um premium ticket. boost passes yeah, yeah. that, that, that allow you to collect more kuban energy from like killing like wanderers and stuff like that yeah and kuban energy for and we'll go into it but kuban energy is essentially just like the money that you use to make stuff on top of the resources that you need Mm -hmm. so i don't know um but yeah so needless to say there was no thirst or hunger meter in the beta um and so it was holy shit it was so much fun it was, no, no, no. The oxygen meter was there, but the hunger and thirst wasn't. The Correct. oxygen never went down. Yeah. Um, so it was great. Like, without yeah. those meters, I really enjoyed the game. 
Mm -hmm. So the problem, the problem with the meters is that in single player, the hunger and thirst meter go down so fucking fast. It's very fast. It feels like you're playing for the meters instead of playing a game that should be fun. Yeah. Um, And we can talk about like when that eventually becomes less of a problem, but I still feel like even end game meter consumption is still like 0.5 per 0.50% or I guess times higher than it should be. Mm -hmm. And then like when you go in the single player, there's this place, there's this place called, you go into this like dust cloud and you have to have an oxygen mask for that. And I counted, um, the oxygen goes down 1% every six seconds. Um, that's insane. So, I had no idea yes. it was that. Yeah, and it drains and it drains super fast. Um, and in order to fill it back up, you have to spend coupon energy. But there's like this diminishing return. So the more the more time you refill with coupon energy, the less percentage you get back of your oxygen tank. Also, it and breaks you, the tank, which you then have yes. to like repair. Yes. Yeah, you have to repair the tank later, and um, and uh, you wind up wasting your coupon energy because you're in the middle of like this defending this this transporter or um in the middle of this like like at the bottom of this ruin that you can't like get out fast so you have to you have to spend the coupon energy but it's just it it's such a bad system for sure um so real quick just getting back to it so i'd say between phase two and phase three so again beta and release mm-hmm. um i was uh I was kind of excited, man. Like I'm not yeah, gonna lie, I, was, I, had, I had a good time was, playing uh, with you. I know that you had pre-ordered it. Yeah, I pre-ordered it just because I wanted to have it the day that it came out. Um, For sure, and it had there were some bonus items that came with it. Um, there was like a gold, there were like a couple golden weapons and like some yeah. other stuff. Some real dumb it, Metal Gear heads. It was like you yes. get metal, like a baby Metal Gear Ray for a head. It was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Which I wore for a little bit and then I was like, this is stupid. I'm taking this off. Yeah, the box head was kind of fun. Yeah, and now I have an eye patch on. So. For sure. But yeah, so. We, we went into multiplayer when me and Alessio played multiplayer last time. We went in and our characters looked virtually identical. Aside <laughs> from like the color of our scarves. For sure. Um, which by the time I beat the game, I think, and what, and I know I keep saying we'll get to it. By the time I beat the game, I felt as if I looked pretty different, and I felt as if the game had actually finally opened up yeah. in in a way that it was like, here's the real game, and it's like, yeah, but I just had to play thirty fucking hours of garbage fetch quests. How dare you? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so yeah, between beta and release. Sam and I had a really good time. I knew Sam had pre-ordered it. Um, I was trying to talk Isaac into playing it with us, but he he wasn't taking the bait. Um, yeah, that's probably good for Isaac. Yeah. yeah, he's he's he's. Listen, Isaac is a sweet, good boy, and he's not a sucker. Yeah, so he's got that going for him. And essentially, I was just kind of like, again, kind of like Sam. I was like, man, like I keep hearing, and and I think we need to talk about this because I don't think we've talked about it. I kept hearing and reading that there was a cutscene single player story mode and i was like okay so here's the deal i enjoyed playing with sam but i also want to see what the hell this story is gonna be like what are they gonna do um and so for me i was like um and keep in mind as well this is sort of a budget title so it's not the full 60 dollars. it's 40 it's not really budget typically like 30 i guess 39.99 is typical budget but these yeah, days, yeah, it's 40. You get one character slot. If you want to create other characters, you Ugh. legitimately have to pay $10, which is stupid. Yeah. 
I don't. This was a controversy when the game came out. Yeah, and for good reason. That sucks. And they still haven't changed it. And I, I don't know. I'm the kind of person who never makes more than really one character anyway in video games. But yeah. I can imagine if you are, and I, don't, I think it bounds it by PSN account. So if you're a multi-family household or whatever, multi-person household, um, I think you can just each have your own PSN account or you each have your own sign-in. And I think you can have one character per. But I can imagine okay. that it's probably frustrating. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I went ahead and said, fuck it. Um, just as a rule with multiplayer games or multiplayer only games, um, I will tend to buy them digitally because in my opinion, if the servers ever shut down, what the fuck am I going to do with a physical copy? Um, and so I typically buy digital multiplayer only. I bought Monster Hunter physically because it does have single player, I guess, elements to it or whatever. But Metal Gear mm. Survive, spoiler alert, always online. You cannot play the game if you're offline period mm -hmm. at all um and yeah, so i so, ser so if servers go down yeah that single player is gonna be yeah it's gone which like fuck it it's stupid whatever um yeah. so anyway so i pre-ordered it digitally through psn um i pre-downloaded it so right when it went live i had access um sam i don't know if i ever told you this so i happened to be awake right around the time that it was live and so i was like oh, oh well fuck it like i'm gonna check it out um for three hours after the game released which it released at 10 p.m. Central or maybe midnight Central. I think it was midnight Central for about mm -hmm. two hours before I went to bed. Every single stream on PlayStation Network and every single stream on Twitch was a black screen saying that the game had didn't have the patch it needed installed. Oh my god! Um, and we went through three patches before the game became playable. Um, I sat there and literally had to download three patches that were released probably about 45 minutes apart from each other before I could even play the game. What kind of foolishness is that? Yeah, people were really bummed out. There was one streamer, um, and I really wish I would have told you this, Sam. There was one streamer who was frustrated that it wasn't live yet, and so what he did was he pulled out a bunch of beautiful art coffee table books, and we just flipped through them, and he talked about them while we oh. were watching the stream. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but was yeah, it like so, Metal Gear art or just art in general? No, it was just like art in general. He was like, "That's hilarious." And I just, yeah, I, gonna... yeah, it was wonderful. I just like <laughs> popped into the text chat and I was like, "You got to do something with those fucking hundred and twenty dollar coffee table books." And he was like, "Yep." But yeah, super, super weird. Um, but yeah, so the game finally came out. Um, Sam, coming off the mm. beta, we had high hopes. Not yes. high hopes, but like medium higher hopes. hopes. Yeah, yeah, it was like what, a high, higher by Creed hopes is essentially. Yes. Um, <laughs> when I first started playing the single player, mm -hmm. my feelings went from cautious optimism to eye-rolling negativity probably within the first hour and a half. Yes, because here's the thing about the single player. I played I played a good chunk, even like after I played a pretty good chunk of the, the single player before I just gave up and started watching videos, but... Um, spo like spoiler alert, I, after a certain point I gave up and I started watching videos because I could not anymore. Alessio is a better man than I am for finishing <laughs> this game. Well, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll talk to you guys about the illness of why I finished this game after <laughs> okay. Sam talk, tells his story. Cause legitimately I, yeah, there's a weird reason why I finished this game. But, um, I was actually like into it, like the tutorial section where you first, like, obviously the opening cutscene was, was was interesting enough i guess it was the mother base uh the assault on mother base um mm -hmm. and snake was there you know and it was like oh this could be interesting and then then uh 
uh, Good Boy starts uh, talking about, uh, or Good Luck, I guess his name is, but <laughs> starts talking about like bullshit, and it's like this weird cutscene where it's like uh, uh, camera footage, like security camera footage. So it's like it like transitions and it's like moving at like a like a glacial pace because they don't want to animate anything. Apparently. Oh, I um, noticed so much of that. There were so many yeah. moments where they were like, let's just use still photos yeah, in the to, bottom to, corner while two talking heads talk. Yeah, it was just like most of the important, like there were a couple of cutscenes, um, like actual like animated cutscenes, but like for the most part, most of the cutscene and important information takes place in like a fucking codec conversation. Yeah, and it's not even like a good codec. It's just like yeah, it's just like some, pictures of the. It's like a visual novel. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like so fucking weird. It's like cheap visual novel. Um, mm. but like after that first cutscene, and you go, you wake up, and you go into the tutorial. I'm just like, okay, I could get into this, and it was interesting. And then you get out, and then you you meet Reeve, who's a dick. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a dick for like the first half of the game, and then he gets better eventually. Um, but, uh, you meet Reeve and you're angry at each other for a second and then you decide to work together and you leave the compound you're in and you like over the horizon, you see fucking mother base just hanging out. And this is, yeah. And this isn't even MSF mother base is fucking diamond dogs, mother base. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We'll dive into the story stuff here shortly, but yeah, there's problems. Yeah. And then it does the title card. And then after that, I start exploring the wider land and I'm just like, Oh, okay, this sucks, huh? <laughs> Essentially, what you just described was like if a group of high school students tried to make Breath of the Wild. Yes. It's like you walk yes. out of the building and you have that like Breath of the Wild Fallout Oblivion moment Wh- where you're like, yeah. oh, shit. And then it's like, oh, the rest of the game's bad from here. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just like, I remember, like, I-, I will say Fallout 3, the moment that you... um that you walk out of the vault and you see the greater wasteland. You're like, your eyes adjust to the greater wasteland. I think that that is my like number one. I wish I could go back in time and relive that for the first time again, because it was breathtaking to me. And a lot of games have, have done that. Um, some to not a great effect, some to a very good effect. Like Zelda did it very, very well. Um, but this game does it. And you're just like, I'm about to walk into some bullshit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I almost just want like the ty- the logo to pop up and then have like a voiceover line of somebody being like nah dog I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say nah to that and just like walk away. <laughs> uh, anyway, um so cool, let's truck through some the, the sort of other general junk real quick before we get into the main story stuff. So, I we'll talk about this as we get to the end of the episode, but I think it is extremely unclear. The game was marketed as a spin-off, mm-hmm. but the way that the plot handles it it's almost as if the game is trying to be in canon so i i it's trying to be in canon while also distancing itself i the way that i framed this to sam on the phone before we hopped on for the podcast recording was this game feels like the development team is a group of like children that found dad's gun and they're just playing with it because like (laughs) no other than the initial cutscene. And the decoy item, which is just 100% lifted from MGS5, um, mm-hmm. there is no mention. There is no mention. There is no look. There is no nothing of Big Boss or Solid Snake. 
um, or MSF. Like the characters do not acknowledge MSF. They they do not acknowledge that there's a Diamond Dogs base that they don't recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't acknowledge a single fucking thing about Metal Gear at all. Yeah, it's so strange because like in like like I said earlier, like in the opening cutscene, they're showing that assault on Mother Base, and Snake is in the cutscene for sure. And then after that happens, they just they just pretend that like the rest of Metal Gear doesn't exist. And presumably, you're dealing with MSF people in parts of this game, so I don't know why none of them are even saying offhandedly, like, I wish Big Boss were here, or, like, where's where's our team, or, you know what I mean, or, like, Vic Boss, yeah. or whatever, the, the dumb shit that they would say all the time in, in the other games. So... Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there's that. We'll talk about timeline stuff as we get closer to the end. As we had already mentioned, there's a hunger, thirst, and oxygen system. You don't actually unlock the oxygen thing until a couple chapters into the game, but hunger and thirst kick in immediately, and it is so Mm -hmm. excruciating right off the bat that if you are not fucking eating and drinking every 20 minutes, you're just going to die. Yeah, it's like... No human being's body is is that way. No, is that way. I'm just like, this is not how hunger and thirst works. Like, I get, like, you have to gamify like elements like that if you're going to include a meter like that but like you there's there's ways to do it that don't make it um suck yeah and i get it we're in this like alternate dimension like air quotes uh desert hellscape (laughs) and so it's like well yeah maybe the elements are harsh on my body but anyway um essentially i I literally in my notes i put it says resource management there's a category for research man resource management and the first the first bullet is suck with like eight C's. <laughs> it's just like S U C C C C C and no K. Yeah. That's um it's dude, it's pretty rough. Um I think besides all of that, the other thing that I wanted to mention very, very quickly is there are two things. So there is a class and a scale skill system in the game. Um, so you can level up your character. So there are some like light RPG elements. The problem is that everyone is the same class until they hit level 35 and apparently there's subclasses yeah and then there are four right? subclasses however you, i beat yeah, the you game didn't hit any of them yeah i beat the game and when i finished the game i was level 33 and i never once saw a fucking subclass um however in the beta everybody i think was baseline level 20 um yeah. and there were subclasses because it had you pick when you started mm-hmm um so yeah very weird stuff um besides that um we definitely mentioned the way that side quests kind of articulate that's both in the so if you can imagine the way that we described the co-op the single player is roughly the same thing but on a larger map Mm -hmm. um and i think other than that there there are these um the one thing i did want to mention in generalities is there are essentially these containers that you will come across randomly in the world that are effectively just treasure chests. However, there's this dumbass unlocking oh, mini game mm-hmm. where effectively you're you have to lock pick it for like five seconds to get into the thing to begin. So with. if you if you mash the X button, this is on PlayStation. But if you mash the Xbox button while you're doing that, it goes faster. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So there's that. However, once you open the container. Um, you, you have to open the container. Yeah, you then have to like pull. You have to pull. It's almost like I don't. I'm trying to think of how to describe this. It's like you have to pull the lever. And so, if you can imagine, it's like a a, a hat, like a semicircle. Like imagine the bottom yeah, like half a of a clock. Like you're pulling a like a hatch. Like yeah. A... And so, you, what populates on the screen is this like half of a circle. 
that's essentially like the bottom of a clock. And if, if you can imagine you're turning the hour hand from left to right, so counterclockwise, but if you can imagine there's almost like like a DDR-esque, like here's where you should be, like shadow mm-hmm. underneath yeah. the the indicator. And if you don't match up with it, you then go extremely slow and the handle goes like, and everything within like 300 meters of you just flocks to you. Alerts, yeah. It's insane. That's the other thing too. The alert sound from the rest of the game too is in there if anybody sees you. Oh, like yeah, the series like that. Yeah, it's like the only fucking, it's like the only thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's so, it's so stupid because you, so what happens is you're in the shadow and you have to tap R2, right? Isn't uh, it? Yeah, I think you hold it. You can, you, you yeah, can hold you, it or tap it. You can hold it. Holding it is probably bad because what will happen is the shadow will just stop mm-hmm. randomly. And if you're going too fast or you're not going fast enough, it'll stop and it'll, it, you'll, you'll bust yourself essentially. Um, so you have to remain in this shadow the entire time. There's no like forgiveness for it. Um, and you just, you get to the end and then you have to get it all the way to the right to a hundred percent. And if you do, you get the treasures, you get the stuff in the box. And if you get seen, then you run and you yep. don't get the treasures in the box. It's a, and if you have to back out at any point, you can't, it's not like the lever remains where you left it. You have to do the whole process all over again. Yep. Um, it's it's like a really shitty hacking mini game, I guess. Um, and so this wouldn't be an issue if the containers weren't such a big deal. But but check it out. And and Sam, I don't know if you experienced this too. You can't unlock new items to craft, or new buildings, or new armor pieces, or new weapons, or whatever. Um, kind of organically, like it's not like oh hey dog, like because you know how to build a fence and you know how to build a grenade, you can now build a fucking i don't a pistol or like oh you like you get schematics from completing missions you can only learn how to build new items from the contents of these containers yes and that is it and it's random like it's completely it would make like it would make like sense like okay you know how to make a fence and you know how to make a um um a barricade or something so now you can make a fence of barbed wire on it mm-hmm. like there's there's no like logic tree like that it's just like okay um here's your campfire and now you have to have a hanging pot to purify your water your dirty water to boil it to make it clean um but you can't do that until you find like the schematics for a hanging pot and it's just like uh, wh- what yeah and the problem with that too is again and I, I i believe some of them like if it's mission specific i believe that the contents are the same um, but I believe in general, the ones that are kind of populated out in the wild, completely They're fucking random. random. Yeah. So you might be like, well, like you might be like in my scenario where I didn't get a single gun. And then when I did get a gun, I did not know how to craft bullets for <laughs> like 15 hours of my game. Yeah. So I literally was just carrying around a gun with no ammunition for like half of my playtime. Yeah. Um, it's brutal. It, so anyway, I just wanted to touch base on that. And it's just, I, it's, before we dive into the story stuff, I want to explain what I meant when I said, like, I have a weird illness and this game kind of scratched that itch. So a lot of the same reasons why I enjoy, from time to time, I get these very, very hard cravings for MMOs. Um, so like Final Fantasy 15 or 14 or like World of Warcraft or whatever. Every once in a while, I'll just get these really bad cravings for like, I just want a, an MMO where I can just kind of grind, listen to music, and, like, do some dungeon shit or whatever and just kind of turn my brain off. Um, 
very rarely does it happen, but when it does happen, I go down into like an MMO hole for like a month. Um, this game, in a weird way, like, in a weird way, it was almost like, oh, it scratched the same sort of like grind, unlockable pacing drip that I kind of crave sometimes from MMOs, mm-hmm. but it had like the control system and and everything of Metal Gear Solid Five. So for me, for some reason, this game, and again, guys, keep in mind, this is a game I, and I, to be completely honest, this is a game I uninstalled from my PlayStation four times before I finished it. (laughs) However, this game is also a game where, like, at the end of the day, whenever I was exhausted, I could put on some headphones and literally play for two or three hours before bed and kind of feel like I had kind of chipped away at the mountain of the task at hand. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, you no, unlock like two or three new weapons. You unlock like two or three new pieces of armor. You expand your map just a little bit. You add a couple little new things to your base. Like it kind of scratched the itch that like Peace Walker or the base building in five had. But like, yeah, and then and then halfway through they say fuck you and put you in a new map. Oh yeah, and so that's the thing is like I just kept having these moments where I was like, man, I'm kind of getting into this. I kind of enjoy this. I don't know why. And then there are these, there were, there are so many moments where it almost punishes me for liking the game. Mm-hmm. It's weird because it's like this game, it, it's always so close to being so enjoyable, and I think that's what makes it so bad to me is that like there, there's you're so close, but then everything is just like, like ten degrees off of good, and it just makes it worse. It's so weird, and it's almost like there's a so. The early game has something that I really enjoyed also about Breath of the Wild, which the early game has this sort of, like, you're down to do anything to survive, kind mm-hmm. of. And and I feel like the first 10 hours of Breath of the Wild are the best 10 hours of that game. Um, mm-hmm. Because you just go off and do whatever you want. Yeah, not only that, but you just, like, everything is the end of the world. Like, yes. it's that awesome, tense feeling where it's like, if anything sees me, I'm dead. I need to be creative, and I need to use the shit around me. And that's yeah. how Survive starts out for the first few hours. Um, but then, like, you realize that the game is intentionally withholding every fucking verb from you, and so you're just like, wait a minute, like, why am I scrounging when if they just unlocked everything from the get-go, like, I wouldn't be tense and I wouldn't be having to, like, grind right now. Yeah. And so it's just like the game does this really shitty job of, like, giving you the tools that you need early on and again like i said like you finish the game and you go oh shit like i finally unlocked everything i can do Mm -hmm. and so i don't know but anyway um sam was there anything else you want to throw into generality stuff before we dive into the story stuff um just like gameplay stuff like just how weird the ai is like i don't know if it was if you experienced this or not yeah let's Um, talk about let's talk about the enemies uh yeah what kind of enemies we got so, first of all, there's a bunch of enemies, and each one is bullshit. First of all. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so you each have one is bullshit, ones. but you will encounter one 90% times more than any of the other Yes, ones. which is the Wanderers. These, they're the basic enemy type, the Jolly Rancher zombies. Um, yep. Um, I felt like whenever, and you can either back me up or tell me different, but <laughs> I felt like whenever I was trying to sneak up behind these guys to stab them and like to just like do a stealth kill... Like, they turned to face where I was coming at them from. And it's not like they would always see me, like I could like try and sneak around, but it felt like they were always like wandering in my general direction, even in, even though like they, I wasn't detected. 
Um, yeah. And, it's, and it sucked. Were you, so were you standing and walking or were you crouching? No, I was crouching. Okay. I, I, when, I, when I would sneak up behind him, I would crouch and it was just like, oh, okay, he's coming at me, so I have to go this way. Oh, he's coming at me again. What the fuck's going on? Spoiler, and sometimes... spoiler alert for the listeners at home, too, by the way. When you crouch walk, uh, oh, you God. drain stamina. Yeah, which is, okay, fucking get and out if of you're, that. Yeah, and if you're in the dust, which we will get to once we dive into the story stuff, if you're in the mm-hmm. dust, uh, your stamina drains like triple speed. Yep. So it's just like, oh, it's just like a bunch of really great stuff happening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, so we've got wanderers. Yeah. And they're like, they oftentimes, a lot of the times when you're trying to do stuff, they appear in like huge fucking swarms and it's impossible to sneak past them. Yeah. Um, and it's thankfully, to see that many, that many enemies on the screen like yeah. in the Fox engine. Like, it's kind of dope, but yeah but it's just like they they abuse it and it's just like well i mean i my mo you okay my policy as you know alessio and as some of the listeners will know is punch everything yeah um and this game i was just like this game i was just like i hate fighting these things i don't want to punch everything i'm going to sneak up and stab them in the head and it there's certain points where it's just you just can't do that and it sucks um so you just kind of run past them because they don't they can't catch you they're not very fast mm-hmm. um and if you climb up like a ledge like a waist high ledge they can't get to you because they can't climb ledges they can climb over like fences and stuff if they're bent but they can't climb ledges so it's just like okay um yeah so you can get on top of a container and just stab them in the head forever yeah and also they they don't know um you were telling me about this, uh, but if you put like a fence between you and them, they don't know how to go around things. Yep. So <laughs> that's good, I guess. Yeah, you can literally um, just drop a fence in the middle of an open field and they will try to beeline to you and essentially get stuck to the fence like it's like sticky glue or something. Yeah. And then I find like when I like and this is another thing we'll get to for the story part. But like when I went to go rescue um, Miranda, um it was a very small area and I tried to like distract them with like that crystal that explodes. It's not effective in a large group in a small area. So it's just like, what do you do? You just kind of have to figure, figure it out for sure. Um, but that's the main enemy type. And they then have, you they have, have two weaknesses too. And I, I just want to point this out because I think every enemy has essentially the same weakness, which is like their head crystal, which glows red and their mm-hmm. back has a crystal which glows mm-hmm. red. And so if you stab them in the head or the back, you will do critical damage. And so you do get to see like the little health bars and you do get to see like the little numbers pop up when it's like a critical, it'll be like yellow and big. And so there is like a little bit of like a crunchy kind of tasty factor where it's like, Oh, I stabbed this guy in his weak spot. I get to hear like a cool sound and like see the number go up and they'll kind yeah. of, they'll flinch. But like the thing that I found the most infuriating about the Wanderers is if you use any fucking melee weapon of any type, they don't stagger. Like, it's not like Dark Souls where you're like, okay, I know that if I lunge with an R2 attack with this broadsword that this specific enemy is going to, like, flinch and, like, mm-hmm. kind of take a step back. With yeah, these fucking guys... keep coming. Yeah, and it doesn't even break their animation. So, like, they if they stop if, coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> if they're mid-swing and you're swinging at them with, like, a huge weapon, unless it's, like, a sledgehammer and you're doing, like, some crazy super move, um, they'll continue to swing at you. Yeah. So nine times out of ten, I guess because Fox Engine just wasn't fucking built for melee that wasn't CQC... They have um, you'll, they you'll have just get a, swarmed, uh, and you're fucked. They have an ability you can unlock where, like, if they grab you, you can like judo throw them to the ground or something like that. For sure, um, but that still doesn't game, change that like you're swinging yeah, a knife they and just, they're gonna hit you no matter what. Yeah, it's it blows. Um, it's uh, it, yeah, that does suck a lot, and it's weird because like 
you can hit them directly in the head when they're coming at you and it won't necessarily kill them. But then like if you catch them when they're on the ground, it'll kill them. And it's just like the rules for what yeah. what does what kind of damage is super all over the place. Um, and it's funny you mentioned Dark Souls because I, I put this in my notes too. After you unlock a couple abilities, like there's like a like a dodge jump move that you can do. Um, it feels like um, somebody wanted to make Dark Souls but couldn't really figure it all the way out. Um, so yeah, because that's kind of how the like... progression works too. It's almost like you find bonfires and then the bonfires mm-hmm. let you warp back to the main hub. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess, yeah, it really does feel like here's a big map with secrets and mysteries and creepy monsters go for it. So yeah, it does, it does feel like babies first dark souls. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then like, so that's that. So they have the, the wanderers then they introduce the, they introduce a bunch of other like bullshit guys. Um, the bombers, which, uh, they the bombers made are look, fun. They're kind of fun. The bombers are fun. They made them look like a big bag of Jiffy pop. Yeah. That's fine. Um, yep. somebody's making see, a little kettle corn on the stovetop. <laughs> Um, so you've got the bombers. Um, I think the next one they introduce is the watcher, which is like the flying like wasp thing. Fuck oh, them. I hate those things. Yeah. So yeah. essentially it's this like shitty little space robot bird that just has this like laser sticking out of its face. Yeah, and if the laser slimy. touches you, it sees you and it just shoots these dumbass little projectiles at you that just chip damage you to death that you can't do anything yeah. about. Yeah, so fuck them. Sign me the fuck out. They reminded me of um. You played New Fallout New Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah. I love Fallout. The New fucking Vegas. the fucking Cazadors. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's a very good things. way to frame that. Yeah, because if you get a bunch of those and you're not prepared for them, they'll just fucking wipe you out, and that's what it kind of felt like. And they're just very annoying. For sure. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And then, and then we talked about this last night. You're like, I, I don't think I ever saw them again after this one ruin. But there's this one room where there are just like these weird like spider things, and this game betrayed me by doing that. Oh um, yeah, are you talking about the crawlers? Is that what they're called? Yeah, is that what they're? I think so. They yeah. were just like I was climbing a ladder, and then it was just on a wall, and I was like, duh, and it scared the shit out of me. And yeah, there and there's like, like a hundred bunch of them. Yeah, yeah and they're in like, a room. Nah, it's like in a room in the yeah. basement of like a big yeah, and building. It's like, yeah, yeah, and it's like the only time you see them in the game. So I was like, okay, fuck this. Yeah, they're there, um, and there's one other spot. The reason why I know what you're talking about is towards the end of the game. In the second map, there was like a side mission for a container close to the actual like main base, mm-hmm. um, and I walked over to it and I was like, "Oh, well, this is easy. There are no enemies." And then right as I was opening the container, like fifty of those things fell on me. God, I fucking hate. Those yeah, things. they're and the shitty part is all of the enemies except for the wanderers. Once they get to higher level, give you like garbage uh, cubon energy mm-hmm. for for defeating them, and so you're just sitting there. You have to do this shitty like Red Dead Redemption like skinning animation. Yeah, and even like with the this... enemies, just to collect their fucking resources, you have to yeah, sit there they, and skin. They for, make like, a it second. easier later because you can um you can like hit put the the fucking Fulton extraction thing on them and like you can extract more Kuban out of them. So they make it easier and you don't have to do that. But it's just like, why is this a thing that I'm having to do right now? Yeah. It's like, if I'm having to fight for my survival and fight back like a hundred zombies, when it's all said and done, please don't make me have to sit there and press square on all 100 dead bodies. Yeah. Because you have those, um, you have those fucking, uh, uh, like you defend the transporters and stuff. And then at the end they kill everything and it's just like, okay, well, yeah, those are great. I can go through and I can, like skin everything but this sucks yeah well i could be spending the 10 minutes it would take me to do all this somewhere else 
For sure. Well, during co-op and during mining defense... Oh, they just give it to you. Yeah, when you kill them, they just give you the point. So why couldn't they just have done that for the whole time? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, After those crawler things, there's another enemy they introduced called the Mortar. Oh, yeah. Those are... launches... I kind of like them. Rocks. Yeah, they're these big... So they're big wanderers. Essentially, they look like beefy boy wanderers. <laughs> um, and they've got they've got a big hand, um, otherwise known as the Nightmare Hand um, from Soul Calibur. Um, mm-hmm. And what they do is they... Their Nightmare Hand can shoot almost like Devil Daggers style. Like, they can shoot machine gun bullets out of their fingers if you're close. Mm-hmm. But if you're not close, they just, like, launch essentially like a grenade. Um, and it'll... Yeah. It also damages their own people, um, so yes. it's actually, it's actually kind of neat if you're in it, like a big group of wanderers, and that then you hear like the thunk, and then it starts to beep 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 beep. You can actually turn and run, and it'll just like kill everything for you. Yeah, um, but they will cover themselves with their big hand um, and take no damage if you're shooting at them or something. And so my strong hand. Yeah, you you kind of have to like run around them and stab them in the back and stuff, and. That's a really fun thing when you're do when when a yeah. enemy sees you and you do like a little dosi do with them to get behind them to stab them. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. So there's um, and there's also like a variant of the mortars, which is the only boss in the single player, which we will talk about. Yes. Um, so you have the mortar. I think after. Um, I think like um, actually, let's say immediately after we talked about it. Um, uh, they introduced the the grabbers. Oh, I hate those. Things. Dude, which, that is like, like my least favorite enemy in a video game. Ugh. If you if you walk if you're walking around in the second you go you there are two maps. There's there's Middle East and Africa. And if you when you get to the Africa map, it's a jungle and you're walking around. And out of nowhere, this like vine will grab you by the uh, by the ankle and like trap you in a place. And then it pops out of the ground. It's like this fucking like weird plant tentacle monster. It's a it's, it's like fucking a gross. It's a what's it called? Uh, uh, what is the Pokemon with the mushrooms on his back? He's a little crab. Paris. Oh, uh, Paris. Yeah, it's Paris just Paris. Insect. Yeah. Um, but it yeah. sucks because it's not cute. It's um. So it's you can fucking gross. Yeah, you can see it from a distance. It kind of for me, it gave me like weird, like bloodborne, like Gantz vibes, where it's yeah, like this there's a creepy, lot of... unsettling artificial plant, and if you get too yeah. close, you hear like snake hissing sounds. Yeah, it's and not then great. they grab you by the leg, and every time it happened, I was always like either disgusted or frustrated. <laughs> yeah, if you crouch walk, you can sneak up on them. Oh um, yeah, yeah, but it also drains yeah, the shit but, out of your stamina. So yeah, good luck. but of course, like it doesn't. You know, why would you bother with that? Because fuck it. Um, but yeah, it's they're fucking gross. Um, I think that was the last enemy type I remember seeing. Yeah, I'm trying to think um, if there's anything else. Oh, did you you did talk about the tr- so there's two there's three more two of them I think might be multiplayer only, but there's three more regular enemies. One is the tracer, which is that oh, jumping boy. Uh, yeah, he is in here. He's like a fucking like he's essentially like he's got a bigger jolly ranch. It's a wanderer with a bigger jolly rancher, and they're like super nimble ninja things. Yeah, it's like, it's like a hunter from uh, Left 4 Dead. Yeah, that's which is like that's what I want to deal with right now. Yeah, and then the other two are armored. They're just called armored. Yeah, and it's just armors. a wanderer with bulletproof armor and a helmet. And then mm-hmm. the last one I Aren't think was detonators. detonator. Yeah. yeah, but I think I don't remember seeing any of those. I think those two might be like multiplayer only. Yeah, I think I saw one armored in single player once, and that was it. Um, but yeah, the detonators um, they have like a supply backpack that you can loot for stuff, which is cool. But if they see you, they either blow themselves up or they trigger a bomb. I can't remember. They, blow, I think they blow themselves up. Gotcha. So you have to sneak kill them if you're gonna if you want to steal their shit. Um, are those 
it are those two there there are also two like boss monsters um and i don't know if they're in the single player or not like yeah they mission. are they are actually okay. um yeah, so there's, yeah there's um there's what's his name there's frosty boy cthulhu man yeah frostbite frostbite and then there's big mouth which is fucking he's fucking something yeah so big mouth looks like a dinosaur but he has guns and swords yeah so he just, just like, imagine that and then, like, he has like a giant fucking mouth that he'll just like he'll just like do like a couple like steps while he'll just like grab in front of him and he'll just like step forward and when you're close he like shoots machine guns at you and then uh frostbite is this like weird disturbing tentacle monster it's very it's very upsetting me and alessia were playing a multiplayer mission it was a rescue mission and it was just there and we were just like what the fuck is that and it's just like this weird like cthulhu tentacle thing that shoots ice beams um it's very good yeah it's not the best so yeah the tentacles and shit so yeah and so i do want to say between the creature designs and the tentacles on that guy and then the fact that the whole time that you're in this main play area it looks like you're underwater if you look up at the sky so there's like there's a very weird vibe of like and i know that this led to a lot of conspiracy theories before survive came out but there's this very weird like we're lifting shit from death stranding and silent hill kind of vibe Mm -hmm. going on the whole time yeah well yeah well it's it's just like that it's just like in these creatures too it's just like there's some there's something off about like what they're trying to do here yeah but cool so i guess with all that out of the way um trying to think if there's anything stupid fucking story Oh, real oh, quick. Oh, wait. Ro- wait yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You go ahead. I got one thing. You go ahead. Okay. So the other thing that I wanted to mention is not only is there uh, food and thirst meters, but you actually, up until a certain point when you can build farms on your base, um, mm-hmm. you do actually have to by hand hunt and kill animals, skin them, and then use their parts for food, soups, or medicine. Yes. Um, and all those things are mutually exclusive. So if you're starving to death, but you also have a broken leg, joke's on you. Good luck. Pick one. Mm-hmm. Which is which is dumb. Um, my thing was uh, collecting items sucks. Oh yeah. So if you if you played MGS five and you love the parts where you where you hold square to steal items from other base, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what this game is. Yeah, it's just like why, and it's just like there's like a long list. There's like five things and you have to hold down square to collect all five of them. It's just like why isn't there just like a collect all button? Yeah, and you also like, have you to unlock keep... a perk in order to collect faster. Yeah, which is super dumb. And it's just like when you go into like a you go into a building and there's like a shelf full of shit and the captain is just like swinging his or her arm like wildly just like grabbing all this other stuff just like and it's just like this is this this my time could be spent better right now. Yeah, this essentially not, it's a Roomba simulator. Pretty much. Yeah. Um and then yeah. like of course the sounds that you make when you're eating and drinking. Um, oh, yeah. which Ooh. have been which have been bad uh, admittedly have been bad since Metal Gear Solid 3 so <laughs> give me some more um yeah. but yeah so i think that's about it um i know we're a, a little over an hour into recording so um if fuck it no yeah so like if if that's any indicator um this game is extremely systems heavy because we're an hour into recording but I could probably summarize the entire plot of this game in about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, probably, if I was, like, yeah. speed talking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of the game. Um, the unfortunate news is that if you want to buy this game and you want to dive into the multiplayer, which is less resource collecting and way more action-based, mm-hmm. um, 
like Sam alluded to, um, single player and multiplayer are kind of connected, but not only in the resources that you expend, but in the fact that features for multiplayer will not unlock until you finish parts of the single player. Um, And likewise, you will more than likely, from the moment you unlock multiplayer um, until you get to the proper level, um, you'll more than likely not be able to play co-op until you are close to finished with the game because it wasn't until I was in the home stretch that I was even high enough level to play the easy mode co-op missions. Yeah, I was... um, I remember we played multiplayer a little bit um, before this episode, not today, obviously, but like a couple, like a week or two ago. And, um, I was a little under leveled cause I was behind. I hadn't played a lot because like, it's very easy to think I'm going to play survive today and then see another game on your, on your menu. And oh like, yeah. Or, or I'll play burnout paradise instead. And it's yeah. just, so it's very easy to do that. Um, but, uh, I, was under leveled and we didn't have, we had virtually no options um, for what we were doing. And it was just like, we, the only like defense mission I had that I had available was like a, like everything was level 20 and I was like level nine and I couldn't like fight anything legitimately. So I would just like go do the side missions and like sneak up behind like bombers and stab them in the back when I could. And it was just like, it's like, uh, you're not giving us a lot of options. Like it would be better, like like it, multiplayer would have been so much cooler if it was just like okay, these are two separate things, separate resources. You can do whatever from the beginning. Um, if you're playing a level like an easy mode level, people you're playing with who are like higher level than you will scale down, so it's more fun for everybody. But they just made like a bunch of like bonkers decisions and didn't do that, which is weird because the game even got delayed. So I don't. Yeah. I guess I just don't understand because, like, if the Fox engine, because, like, spoiler alert, this game uses, like, literally almost every fucking asset from MGS5, mm-hmm. um, including the Metal Gear itself from MGS5. Yeah, um, so there's. Philanthropist is yeah. just, like, out. And so, like, if, if they had the engine and they had every single asset, essentially, I feel like the entire development cycle was just let's figure out how to art design these unique character models and then the alternate alternative thing to that was let's program the missions and the ai and the and the and the logic and all that stuff and the flags for all these events so what i don't understand is like how the fuck did they not have a team of programmers and then a team of like qa people and designers i mean this game had a director it had a scenario writer it has it's hard to tell by looking at the credits. It actually has a lot of the same names as MGS5, but I don't know if that's because of the work that was done on 5 and how much was lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, like it's it it's a little baffling that Konami like was shipping like, a Metal Gear game that they're not actually going to put effort into. Yeah, well, it feels like a lot of like decisions were brought in from um, from the from higher up in Konami because you remember when the game first came out, people found that like secret message like oh uh, yeah yeah forever like whatever it was yeah so if you look uh at the very beginning and uh we're actually about to talk about the scene in the very beginning uh there is somebody looking at a clipboard and the first letter of every name on the clipboard actually spells out koji pro forever Mm -hmm. um and then the last two names listed are like mosquito and then the i think it's bastard yada yeah it's like like bastard and cunning and the yeah. two, the bastard and the cunning names are the names of the producer and director of the game. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if it's a developer talking shit about the producer and director and talking good about 
Kojima Productions, or if the message was put there by the director and the producer, and they're like yeah. jokingly referring to themselves as cunning bastards. Um, yeah. But regardless, that's there. Um, and bef- just to stop people before they at me on Twitter about this, yes, the Koji Pro Forever names were in a side mission in Metal Gear Solid Five, but here they are very directly highlighted and focused. Yeah. So, anyway, um, Sammy, I'll talk about this garbage story. Yeah, let's talk about the garbage story. Okay. So, Sam, you already kind of alluded to a bunch of this stuff, but effectively, and and again, this is how the game was pitched before it came out, this is a weird spin-off alternate reality version. Um, I know we have yet to cover Ground Zeroes or Peace Walker or Five on the show, so I apologize. But for those of you who are familiar with Ground Zeroes or the beginning of Five, effectively, Big Boss and uh, Kazuhira Miller, who is Master Miller from Metal Gear Solid 1. Big Boss and Miller. (laughs) Big Boss and Miller are working together. They're coming back from a mission. Their whole team's coming back. um, And they're coming back to their little base that's like built out uh, off off the coast um, in this little sort of island. And as they're showing up, there's huge explosions. It turns out that this UN team that was coming in to investigate and do just a typical kind of walkthrough of the facilities um, was actually a cover-up um, mm-hmm. for somebody who was there to kill uh, Big Boss Yui. and his team. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But <laughs> what, where this diverges is in Ground Zeroes and Five, um, the helicopter goes down, Miller and Big Boss end up in a coma. I guess Big Boss, not Miller, but whatever. People are hospitalized. A lot of time goes yeah. by. The legend rides again. Um, but in <laughs> this in this version of events, uh, Big Boss's helicopter goes down, blah, 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 same as always. Um, however, a wormhole opens up above the base as it's being destroyed and just starts mm-hmm. sucking up people yeah which if you played milliger solid five doesn't happen the weird fucking part about this though is the game doesn't quite know if it should start there or then start in this new weird thing so what happens is we see people get sucked up through the wormhole you very easily could have just jumped into the beginning of the game at that point however what they decide to do is we jump to the next day the un has sent an aid team to i guess figure out who's dead i don't know why um they're there yeah introducing good boy introducing uh, i'm gonna this is the only time i'm gonna say his name accurately introducing (laughs) good luck um who is the only other black character in the metal gear universe that isn't fortunes family related or sigint related yeah um, and they they wind up introducing an, uh, a couple other ones later. Oh, and I guess Intrepid related. So we got our three. We got our three flavors. But yeah, so we've got we've got Good Boy, um, Good Boy. and he's going through the list. The list says like whatever Koji Pro Forever, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially he's like, oh, no, don't. Uh, and they've got everybody lined up on coffins or in coffins, which is yeah. really weird. I don't – again, I don't – I'm not quite sure what's happening. Um, I guess they're just reusing the coffin ass, uh, assets from MGS5. Um, but anyway, so like they got, got these. Co- we, hey, we got these coffins. What do we do with them? I'll just put them in there somewhere in the beginning. Yeah. So you're essentially your introduction to the game is from the perspective of somebody who's lying in a coffin, presumably dead. Mm-hmm. But then, good boy, <laughs> um, Good boy effectively like hangs out over your body and says, No, 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 I want to keep this one. And essentially, what I don't, so from this point forward, I kind of lose track with what's going on. Like, so I think the whole thing is like you're in, you wind up being in, you're infected with this like thing that turns people into wanderers. Yeah, so good night and good luck essentially tells you. Because we see all the other MSF soldiers get sucked through the wormhole. Your character, who becomes called the captain, has their mm-hmm. arm cut off by the wormhole. Is that correct? Is that or I don't. I don't. I don't anyway, remember. It, it, something. We, so uh, essentially, what happens is that you get a fucking uh, liquid snake arm um, that, like, like every like eight hours, bugs you in the game, um, and you're put into this like. John Goodman puts you into this, uh, like, place, this, like, weird place, um, and since you're infected with this thing, you're there, and your job is to, like, collect data or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so, and then Goodnight essentially keeps talking to you, and so the weird thing that ends up happening is, so, effectively, what you need to know is that... You get talked to about wormhole technology. You get sent through a wormhole to this place called Detay. That scenes, cut scenes, cut scenes. Yeah, Detay allegedly is this like weird blasted hellscape alternate dimension that they've quote unquote discovered. But there's a yeah. Diamond Dogs base there. You're in Afghanistan, and for whatever reason, you run into this fella named Reeve, who Sam He's alluded a dick. to. Yeah. Well, here's the weird thing: the game refers to him as a Zoff soldier, like an XOF, like an XOF soldier. Yeah. What doesn't make any fucking sense, though, is that the MSF was on that base. The XOF guys were the guys there to kill the MSF people that were sent yeah. by Skullface. Yes. And uh, Reeve is a bad guy, then. Yes. Like, Reeve yeah. was, like, hanging with Quiet and all of them. Yeah. Yeah, Reeve, Reeve the, yeah, you're, that, I picked that up, too. It's just like, yeah, this guy, I, I don't, I shouldn't like or trust this guy at all. Well, yeah, but then um, everybody becomes best buds. It just doesn't make yeah, any fucking sense. It's weird, but whatever. So anyway, um, you, you meet him and then you're, he like aims his gun at you for a minute and then, um, uh, goodbye chimes in on the, <laughs> on the, on the chat and is just like, Hey, this is, and he explains everything that's going on. Like, I think again. Yeah. So um, yeah. Good. Good's got to tell you what's going on. Um, and I, I will say, I think there is one quick thing. Essentially what he alludes to is that they're using the crystals that the wanderers and the creatures are made out of to have this like insane energy that they can use to power everything in our world. Mm -hmm. And so the big thing is that Reeve wants to leave. You want to leave, but you can't because you're trapped there until you can send a ton of energy to John Goodman. Yeah. John Goodman. Um, So, yeah. So, you escape this building, and then they do the aforementioned title card, bad Fallout play, whatever thing. Yeah, shitty fun. And, yeah, and 
then you make your way over to what will essentially be your base camp. And out of nowhere, my favorite character, Mom and Dad Virgil, um, comes rocketing out of nowhere. <laughs> well, and just for you guys to know, too, so it's essentially the AI tank that the boss's consciousness yes, exists yeah. in within yeah, MGS5 it's... and Peace Walker. It's like one of those like c- cylinder AI. <laughs> With like the eye, like the glowing eye in the middle yeah, yeah. of it. Yeah. So you're just like hanging around. There's just like empty space and you're looking. And then this fucking thing just rocks out of nowhere and lands and introduces itself. And its name is Virgil. And it has two voices. One is like a digital woman and one is a digital man. And over the course of the game, I took to calling Virgil mom and dad. Um, because like you become emotionally, like everybody becomes emotionally connected to for some fucking reason. It's so stupid. Like to the point where like close to the end of the game, like everybody, like everybody, we're just, I'm just going to jump over there for a second. Like everybody decides to stay behind instead of going home. Um, because they don't want to leave this fucking AI behind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, what kind of bullshit is this? Yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> weird. But yeah, so essentially, uh, the one thing that we didn't touch on too is that, um, uh, GG, uh, his group is called Charon Corps, yeah. which Charon is like the boatman, uh, the, 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 boatman, fairy, the ferryman the of death, yeah. of death, death he, town. Yeah. Ferries you to the afterlife. Yeah, and I definitely 100% uh, want to say, uh, if you haven't played MGS5, Ground Zeroes, or Peace Walker, I'm sorry that we just made a bunch of nonsensical references, but that's pretty much the extent to which this game has anything to do with those games. Yeah. Like, so you I, should like, be good we, now. We explain those like little details, and then we'll obviously, when we get to the Metal Gear Solid 5 season, you'll get more information about it, but like, that's it. Like... They're just use they're reusing assets for the sake of reusing assets in this game. That's all. That's the only reason why like this is how this is or this is how this is. Yeah, it's like somebody made a mod using yeah. Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, cool. So the last thing I wanted to mention is so Virgil's internal memory is fucked, um, and he she needs uh, memory boards to remember, and they're supposed to be your support unit, and so it sort of behooves you to bring its memories back online so that uh it, these are the sort of shitty narrative reasons why you are missing functionality um like you mm-hmm. can't build anything in your base for a very long time um you can't do very specific game tasks until you bring these memory boards and the ai just remembers how to do mm-hmm. it which is really this, uh, this game every important mission in this game is either a fetch quest or or defend the camp quest yeah. It's either escort or fetch, essentially, yeah, which much, is yeah. shitty. So anyway, but then we get introduced to the dust or whatever. So um, before we get into the dust, let's just we're going to go through this chapter by chapter, but very quickly because the chapters are very simple to explain. Mm-hmm. There's 20 chapters total, even though the game told me I was on chapter 24 when I finished it. But the <laughs> guides that I found all, all uh, at least IGNs, outlined that there were 20. So I used that when building my notes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so chapter one is pretty much what we just said. There's a bunch of cutscenes. The character creation happens in the middle of this, so you can create your own character, but it's pretty much just the same character creation from Metal Gear Online. Yeah. Um, chapter two, um, you get to the base for the first time. You learn about clean water versus dirty water, which is fucking awful. If you drink dirty water, you have like one in five of a chance you to get like cholera. In- intestinal <laughs> sickness. Yeah. Which means like all that means is like you can't get past 70% on your thirst meter until you get rid of your illness yeah um and there's a shit ton of dirty water but until you can build like water purification systems at your base Mm -hmm. like it's really hard to find clean water 
Yeah. Like literally you have to f- unlock a way to figure out how to put a pot above a campfire to boil water. Yeah. That's that's what they do to you. Correct. Um also in chapter 2 you kill some sheep and and use their food, mm-hmm. their body for food. Um there's the wanderer hunting which we talked about. Um the Kuban energy is the energy source that they yeah. it's the dumbest name. Um, which is weird because apparently in one of the Armored Core games, I discovered that the energy source is Kojima energy. So I wish they would have <laughs> just leaned into that. Um, uh, but anyway, so yeah, you learn how to build a spear. Um, you learn about stab. You can stab only spears and arrows and bullets mm-hmm. through fences, nothing else. Um, and you go find mm-hmm. some data for Virgil. Um, there are multiple data points, I think, in this chapter too. So there's actually three data points. Yeah. Um, and after you get all three data points, you find the air tank for you to use to enter the dust. Sam, what the fuck is the dust? Oh my God. The dust is, man. Do you want me to say what the dust actually is? Yeah. For, or... for Yeah. I, yeah. There's no, <laughs> we're not using any sort of dramatic cinematic pacing here. So I think we can probably, the dust is the wanderers <laughs> is the Lord of dust. It's all the same thing. Yeah. It's all these things. So the dust is. They explain later a mutation of our medical nanomachines that yeah. have developed a consciousness and wants to take over the world and become one consciousness. So the um, zombies and the dust and everything are fucking mm-hmm. nanomachines. So yeah. it's nanomachines again. It's nanomachines, of course. Um, but like on a more like high level, like surface uh, um, explanation, the dust is essentially this like area where it's super foggy and for some reason they don't put your fucking icon on the map to let them let you know where you are on the map um and it's like you're uh, you're it's like chaff grenade forever yeah pretty much um there there's like no you can only unlock parts of the map by like walking and being like in them the only way you can mark things you have to like craft these like beacon flags and shit like that so it's super stupid um but it's essentially um a place where you go where you have one new uh resource to manage which is your oxygen um it's super foggy you can barely see anything it's silent well, hill yeah it's silent hill there's a bunch of monsters in there um your stamina drains super fast um and it's where most of the shit you have to do happens of course um so yeah that's what the dust is so you go into the dust um and a lot of these missions you you're finding memory boards until you uh, unlock like a distress signal and then that's your first rescue mission. Mm-hmm. And you have to go in and you find this like down chopper, I think it is. And you have to rescue Miranda, who is a nurse, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't make any yeah. sense. Cause there's a down chopper, but then when you get to where she's at, there's actually a wrecked ambulance on the rocks. I don't know if you yeah, noticed that. Like, yeah. So wh- how'd she get like, there? <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. They don't really explain how any of them get there. They just kind yeah. of mysteriously fall into the world. It's so strange. Yeah, and so periodically, so besides Miranda and Reeve, there are some other support characters that we're going to talk about here in a split second, but you essentially talk to the characters at your base to get side missions on your map, Mm -hmm. and then some of those side missions will happen to be other survivors for you to bring to your base. Mm -hmm. And essentially... Which are like, like, their names are like the um, the, uh, mother base people you can unlock, like a hardy boulder and like shit like that yeah and essentially you one at a fucking time uh level up your base um to just do the same shit that you did in peace walker and all that stuff right right and it's um and can i say about miranda her whoever that voice actress is every time she speaks she sounds like she's on the verge of crying 
Oh yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, and I will so I, for better or worse, this game's got anime aesthetic like a motherfucker, specifically oh my God. with the characterization a... <laughs> of the of the personalities. Yeah, there's a character later um, that we'll get into, Seth, who calls you um, partner a bunch. Oh God, and I'm just, I just like got flashbacks to partner, pard partner. Hey, pard. That's, that's, that's Monster Hunter for anybody who doesn't know. Um, but uh, he calls you partner a bunch. I'm just like, I don't like you. This isn't an anime. Quit calling me partner. Yeah. That's that's the only reason why I didn't I didn't trust Seth. For sure. Um, mo- <laughs> moving forward, uh, chapter six. Uh, we just covered a bunch of chapters. Chapter six uh, is the first interior sort of dungeon quest, which is mm-hmm. what Sam was describing with the crawlers. The yeah, that's where yeah. the crawlers were in one of those. I w- I will say this, the ruin design and like looting these Resident Evil as fuck looking labs yeah. underground is actually kind of fun. It's just it only happens like two or three times in the whole game. Yeah, the ruins, I think if I like doing like the ruins, um, I wish I wouldn't have had to manage my fucking oxygen the entire time. But For sure. I like doing I like doing the ruins. Um, it was really cool because because like that those places are the places where you can just like set traps and like sneak and, and do like stealth and stuff like that. And it works pretty great Mm -hmm. um and i remember at the bottom of the first one you get down to the place where you're supposed to go to get the memory board and there's just a fucking bomber hanging out and it was like oh fuck like it was properly intense and that's like one of the things where it's just like this is cool and then you play more of the game you're like oh god yeah this sucks yeah and the game's like you should hate me this isn't cool and you're like no but i'm trying to like you Mm mm-hmm yeah so Um, chapter six is also when we meet the lord of dust oh jesus that scared the shit out of me you do this ruin and you get the thing and you're walking out of the building and then all of a sudden this fucking giant ass weird thing you can't quite see totally but it's fucking huge just shows up and you're just like what the fuck is that i felt like i was in bloodborne yeah it was like a huge bloodborne boss well here's the cool thing so there is like a dumbass cutscene in chapter six it's just like look over here but before that point i think around chapter five if you're like Again, like running around trying to restock your shit just so you can take the next mission. Um, mm-hmm. If you're in this section of the dust, um, you can just encounter it. Like you just see it and hear it before there's like an official introduction to it. Oh, um, and so that's like leaving, super. So like creepy. leaving the like leaving the building is scripted. Like you're yeah, there, yeah, scripted yeah, yeah. To be there, but like you're you're saying like you could just run into it before that. Yep. Because I actually ran into it a bunch before that cutscene. Oh and, god. And no, and it was super cool because I was like, oh my god, like is there shit like this just always out here? Um, and it just made the that's game why... really cool and spooky. But then when you realize like that's the only thing. Yeah. And it just kind of goes away after chapter six until it comes back for the story. I was like, man. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean so, to cut you off. What were you saying, Sam? No, I was just going to say that would be like, it would have been cooler. Like the, the thing about this game that like I miss from other Metal Gear games is like the wacky fucking bosses. Oh, yeah. Like, so Sam and I were talking before recording. If this game took on like a Saints Row 3 or Saints Row 4 yeah, kind of a approach of like wild, fuck, fuck everything. We're not it, taking ourselves seriously. It could have been this. great. Like if it was yeah. Dead Rising 2 of Metal Gear, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, like if I'm fucking driving a dirt bike and then Janola fucking shows up and does <laughs> battle with the Lord of Dust and then I'm just like fighting zombies with a katana, I would have loved this. Yeah, which, and this is what I was telling you, too, before we started recording. I guess, like, in the multiplayer, there's something you can unlock where you can summon Metal Gear Ray to, like, like attack zombies. It's just, like, more of this, more of that. Yeah, please. please. Like, yeah, dude, 
you have complete and total, for better or worse, you have complete yeah. and total use of anything Metal Gear. Why for the sure. fuck are they not using it? Um, mm-hmm. Because like we said, other than the shit at the very beginning and then the Sahelanthropus tie-in that happens later on, um, yeah. there's not really anything Metal Gear at all about any mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Chapter 7, uh, you travel from base to base for whatever reason. Um, I found a Jeep in Chapter 7. It was the first time yeah. I ever found a vehicle. Can we talk about the weird vehicle degradation? I, I, so here's the thing. I never drove any like Jeeps. I found the Walker gear. Well, I think it um, happens with the Walker gear, too. Anything electronic, oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. it just falls apart. Yeah, it does. And it happens in the uh, multiplayer, too. It's like the longer you're using it, like it just starts like like the walker gear. I notice in the multiplayer um, and in the single player, you're walking along shooting and then like it just starts. It just starts. It just becomes on fire. Yeah, for like, no after reason. The amount of time. It's just like, OK, it's fine. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, so you got a little got a little too much dust up in your servos or something, I guess. Yeah, like you get these moments of fun and then the game again is like, oh, I see you're having fun. Let's blow your vehicle up, and it's like it was. Okay. It was it was funny because I was I was playing uh, I was playing the game, and I found the Walker gear, and I was just like mowing down guys, and I'm just like, you know what? I wish that um that there that this was a game where I was just in like a powerful mech shooting a bunch of like weak enemies, and then I realized that that was just Zone of the Enders. <laughs> so. Jeez. Um. Anyway, after I found the Jeep, uh, you essentially you find this digger, which is like this big white. Uh, we talked about it in the co-op mission. It's like a big white sort of uh, terraforming technology yeah. that like drains energy from the ground. Um, anyway, you find it and you bring it back to your, your main base. And so Chapter 7 is the first time that I realized that you need to build the defenses around your base because your main base gets attacked. Only mm-hmm. in the story mode. I don't know if it gets attacked post-game at random but during right. the main game it's only during certain missions there um after you beat the game i think um mom and dad tells you that you can um you can launch the digger from the base oh uh, yeah whenever, whenever you, you want, want. Yeah. that's right but yeah so essentially you defend the base it's not hard it, it's three quick waves um i what i did was i cheesed this by building uh fucking chain link fences around the entire base um mm-hmm. and then i just chilled behind the fence and stabbed anything that showed up with a spear yeah here's what i like about defending the base against defending against like the transporters and stuff like that Mm -hmm. is that the transporters i hated like i feel like the defending the transporters was like a punishment for some kind of sin i committed (laughs) in a a previous (laughs) life or something like that because it's just like it's a very small area you have like multiple points of entry um you don't have a lot of resources you have whatever you have on you to to play with and then that's it um and again it, it gets better as you progress through the game and you get more stuff and you are understanding more but like the first couple of times you do it it's fucking brutal yeah and i don't think i ever left one without being like bloody yeah um, well, i guess well one thing it just dawned on me that we did not talk about at all is we were talking about how it's sort of like you find a bonfire and you can work back to the hub blah blah mm-hmm. blah however it this game the way that it treats the bonfires is every time you find a new teleporter you mm-hmm. effectively it'd be like if in dark souls every time you found a new bonfire if it was like all right dog protect the bonfire for three minutes while we just funnel enemies at you yeah which is just like why is this a thing that you're doing to me yeah it's like i, I need this for respite i'm dying why are yeah. you making me like fight to the death for the next yeah. three minutes because the thing about like at the at, at, around the point that you're doing the trans like defending the unlocking and defending the transporters is you've probably used a bunch of resources just to get there 
So you're working with limited resources, trying to defend multiple points of entry um, against this like wave of enemies for like a minute and a half, and it's just like this. This is this sucks. No, oh, and if they not. if they destroy the teleporter as well, um, you don't get a second chance until you leave and come back like a full day later. Yeah. So it's just like this is not good. The one thing I will say is that if you do successfully defend once the timer ticks down, it'll blow up and everybody around you will be dead. So that's cool. Yeah. But it's also it's fun to see like, it happen. <laughs> yes, but like the 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 just the everything about it is the worst. Yeah. The other cool thing too is you can lop off limbs of every enemy in the game, which is pretty sick. Um mm-hmm. if you hit them really hard with certain things. So anyway. Um I do like defending the base because you actually have mm-hmm. access to your like they give you like like small points of like respite. Um, so you have ch- chance to like repair your base and craft new things and things like that because you're yeah. just there. You there get like a few minutes. Yeah. You can also build like gun turrets and stuff like that, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, and then chapter eight opens and in, in my opinion, I think chapter eight is like the first chapter in which like the game is kind of like for the most part making itself available to you. Um, so you effectively have most of the verbs you're going to have for the game and you unlock at least the first few co-op missions. So um, but again, chapter eight, you're in the dust, you're defending a digger. This is pretty much the rest of the game from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter nine is a, another rescue mission like the Miranda one, except this time it's a, a kid named Chris, mm-hmm. um, who, and this is also where we meet the flying bug laser fellas oh, that we were talking about. Um, and Chris and Chris, uh, Chris needs a wheelchair. Yeah. Which we discover in the next chapter. Um, mm-hmm. so, so Reeve being good guy, Reeve says, Hey, bring me back some parts to make a wheelchair. And yeah, so this is where Reeve like starts to take a turn where he's less of a dick and more of like a character, like somebody that you could actually like be friends with pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this you also his, get like, uh, his like moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you also, you get another memory board in like an interior dungeon, like we were talking about, but this mm-hmm. also unlocks the expedition team, which I hardly ever used. Um, mm-hmm. but it's like a team of four that you can, send out to collect supplies and stuff like that. Yeah. So you just send them on missions. Here when when uh when Chris was rescued it was when I noticed that the captain just fucking judo throws everybody that he rescues onto the ground. Oh yeah. It's the same cutscene. Like, it's the same yeah, cutscene that just replaced the character model. They just let them sit up and they sit cross legged and then they access then they activate the fucking codec message and you talk to them. But like he's like even Chris, like he just takes them from like he or she, because you can create your gender avatar, he or she will take them from the sh- like the fireman carry that they're doing and then just fucking like drop them on the ground I'm just like dude this is a crippled child mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's bananas just, and he just does it to everybody <laughs> yeah it's not great um chapter 11 we save another dude um i think this nicholas. guy's named nicholas yeah yeah um, i feel like i should like nicholas but i definitely do not like nicholas Oh, Nicholas is another new uh, black man. So yeah, another new black guy. There's a lot Chris of uh, also, there's some diversity in this game. Chris is also a black child. Yeah, so Chris is a black child who can't use his legs. So Chris is Drake from Degrassi. <laughs> um, Nicholas is just a, like a normal dude, and then we've got uh, Miranda, well, so Nicholas, the nurse. Nicholas is a cop. Oh, that's right. Nicholas and, is a cop. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, and and when you're walking, um, and when you're going to find him, like he's on the radio, and he says, "Do me a favor." And hide, um, and hide the mag. If I die, hide the magazines that are under my bed. I do remember um, that. That was very and, stupid. That was like the only was, Metal Gear humor in the game. And it was the first time. Um, it was the first time I was like, uh, "That's why I, I agreed with Reeve because Reeve was like, should we really be sticking our necks out for this guy?'" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I agree." 
Jesus. Um, there. Uh, one thing we forget to mention is there are these like secret collectible boxes that have like crystal pedestals that you'll mm. encounter in the wild. And when you shoot them, I've discovered so like you just have to break them. So it doesn't matter how far away you are. So usually you could, you just shoot them with an arrow or something. Um, but I've discovered that ninety nine percent of the time they pretty much just give you like weird color variations of armor. Um, or they unlock music for you to use because you can build a broadcast tower and broadcast music around your base. Yeah, which is pretty cool. There's like remixes of like old Metal Gear music and things like that. Yeah, a bunch of Castlevania music, which is pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some Police Knots music and stuff like that. So uh, the music selection is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so essentially you get some story cutscenes with this Nicholas guy. Chapter 12 is essentially a multiplayer mission done solo. Um, yeah, which I was just like, why? Yeah. And then once you knock this out, you then can take a new digger to your main base again. I'm not sure, but you decide that, like, oh, we can, let's try to go home. Everybody wants to go home. Let's try to go home. Um, So chapter 13, you open this huge wormhole. Everybody's like, yay, we get to go home. Then the Lord of (laughs) Dust shows up and just fucks shit up. No, so here's, here's, there's a very critical piece about why the Lord of Dust showed up. Because you open up a small wormhole and um, oh i forgot about con- this you get contacted by gruen who is the other guy at the beginning of the game who is like combating he's good good day good, he's good, good day's mission. boss good mission he's good missions boss <laughs> yeah and uh um he comes in he's like oh you open this wormhole so now i can contact you um good good man is uh is uh he's like in prison or something or he's like he's like in custody or something because this is a unilateral mission decisions and i'm just like i don't like you i do not like you, yeah gruen. i do not um, like you green gruen and ham yeah <laughs> and uh he's telling you he's just like okay um i'm gonna be your support now and he's the one who tells you about the iris energy you need to activate the, the the wormhole to make a wormhole to go home. I never quite um, understood. Is iris energy different than Kuban energy? Yes, it is. It's a different kind. I don't know exactly how or why, but it is. Um, and apparently, it, the apparently iris energy is what's needed to power the digger, so it can activate wormholes. And I don't know where I don't know where or why that couldn't have just been Kuban energy, but whatever. Um, but Gruen tells you that the power output of the digger needs to be even higher in order to um, make a wormhole that will be strong enough to bring you home. And Virgil's like, Hey, no, don't do that. This is fine. And Gruen's like, don't listen to, to mom and dad. Don't listen to Virgil because good man uh, tampered with Virgil and he's the bad guy. He's yeah. A, good boy's a, really a bad boy. Yeah. And everybody, and I felt bad for Virgil at this point. Um, he, uh, he he and she mom and dad um uh was just like fighting like fut- like futilely just to like convince everybody and everybody one by one like turns on virgil <laughs> and just like no we should do this and then virgil eventually is just like we will do what you think is best and they just give up mm-hmm. and they they turn the power up and when you activate the digger it attracts that's um, right. wanderers and bad guys and because they turn the power output up so high they summoned the fucking lord of dust and also i think it, the portal is big enough for the lord of dust to get through yes and i think that's the other thing is like yeah they explain a little bit later that it was a, it was a plot by gruen because he wanted the lord of dust to come through so he could get the energy from the lord of dust 
and so yes. like, for 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 shit. So it's just like okay, fucking asshole. And again, uh, we don't know what Gruen looks like, and yeah. this is all happening through like profile pictures on Facebook. Yeah, and here's the thing: like Gruen's, like it wasn't even like a like, it wasn't like a profile picture of Gruen. It's just like a it's logo like a question for, mark. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Very. a logo for some agency. It's just like oh okay. But yeah, so effectively this is the same thing as the Chapter 7 situation where you're kind of defending your base, um, except Lord of Dust shows up, and I believe it it's either a couple waves of normal base defense before Lord of Dust shows up, or vice versa. I think it is a couple waves of regular. It's like three mm-hmm. waves of regular base defense. Lord of Dust shows up, and then it becomes this like sort of scripted sprinting through the Diamond Dog space yeah. to get to the Here's top. what pissed me off about this, because like... So you're you're at the bottom and the fucking captain with Chris on his shoulder, a child, a crippled child, um, <laughs> is just staring at the Lord of Dust instead of running. And I'm just like, fucking move. And then he starts moving and then the Lord of Dust fires are like a thing that like um fires like a thing that explodes the base. Yeah, it like shoots a and mouth cannon. It fucking fires he, my lasers. Yeah, it fires his doctor on a bus. Fires his laser at the base and knocks the captain and Chris out, and then the captain wakes up and the Lord of Dust is just on top of the base. Yeah, it's very crazy. I'm just like, and maybe if you wouldn't have been staring at it for 30 seconds, you might have been able to make it to the top before it showed up. Yeah, so effectively, you guys finally do get through the wormhole. However, for whatever reason, the wormhole didn't actually take you home. It shits you out on the Africa map from Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, and I was you livid. Get, you get you get Chris you get Chris into the wormhole, and then Virgil fucking comes in and rockets you through the wormhole. Yeah, um, and then here's here's where here's where we'll get to why you were livid here in a second because it's pretty it's pretty here it's pretty obvious this game gives you a fucking middle finger right around here. Um, but here's where I started to get suspicious because, um, when you make it to this second map, uh, Virgil plays a, a recorded message from, um, good, good job. Good luck and good night. Yeah. From good luck and good night. Um, from, from good job. Um, good Charlotte. Yeah. Explain. (laughs) I haven't thought about good Charlotte in many moons. Um, but (laughs) explaining like the situation, but it says, uh, could you guys not move for a second? And then the arm, because cho- the portal chopped off the Lord of Dust's arm and it went through the portal with them. The arm falls out of the portal and lands on the ground and doesn't hit any of them because, because, uh, good, good, good God, good mercy, Cause, cause, uh, mm-mm good, mm-mm good, uh, <laughs> tells you, uh, tells you not to move. And it's like, how the fuck did this recording know? that they shouldn't move like this is a very specific thing that happened it's almost as if he's lived this before (laughs) i i with that line of thought who died do you think the first time oh shit i don't know (laughs) probably nicholas if i'm being honest oh no kind of an he's kind of an idiot but yeah, so essentially, I think the coordinates were off, or like insert plot device for why we're not home here. Um, and it was like we we didn't have enough energy by one point or some dumb shit. Well, no, they, he planned it because oh, um, that's right, because his mission, so he goodness gracious, to... great balls of fire sent us here instead. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to destroy the Lord of Dust, and the tool that you need to kill the Lord of Dust is here in Africa. It's in Dite Africa. It's in Dite Spa- Africa. Space Africa. Yeah, <laughs> space Africa, um, and it winds up. Uh, you do a bunch of stuff, and it winds up being fucking Metal Gear, of course. 
Oh yeah, um, it's always. But, well, and nobody but, goes Metal Gear. Yeah, nobody says it. Um, but yeah, so so we end up in this new map, and you are infuriated. Yeah, I'm infuriated because you end up in this new map, and you lose access to all of your base stuff. And mm-hmm. so I had put in all this time to have all this dope shit, and now I can't build anything or harvest. Here's the big thing, guys. I had 120 baked potatoes um, <laughs> waiting for me, and I never got hungry ever. And then I came to Africa, and I was like, oh, fuck, I've got to play this game like it was at the beginning again. Yeah. Because um, I, I hate like, monitoring. Yeah, I hate monitoring fucking meters. Like, I can't play The Sims because the piss meter gives me anxiety. And so (laughs) I literally just collect as many things as I can to make sure I never have to worry about the meters, ever. Yeah, yeah. And then I had to now. So, anyway. So we end up in Africa, and they're like, we should probably scout it out, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, So chapter Uh, 14. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Good good God, Good Mercy tells you um, there's a member of the Karen Corps um, who knows about the key to unlocking the weapon that you need to kill the Lord of Dust. So you go out searching and you find this like shack and this crazy guy with a shotgun is just like freaking out. And then your fucking liquid arm acts up and you make noise. Yeah, your then, liquid arm that we had forgotten about for yeah, yeah, 10 hours like, now. This thing that's not a plot and like not a plot device until like right now um, starts acting up. Um, and they explain why it's acting up a little bit in a little bit, but it starts acting up and then this crazy guy shoots a shotgun at you, but it misses and he runs away. And then he's threatening this guy that's sitting on the ground. And then you look at the guy um, and it's this guy that they knew you wouldn't remember from the beginning of the game, who is apparently somebody that was on mother base with you. Yeah. And so um, they show him like a hundred times, like they show like a flashback and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And his name is Seth. Yeah, his name is Seth. And I don't know if you noticed this, Sam. Dan is an obscenely white man who inexplicably <laughs> has like a stereotypical Asian accent. <laughs> so when it, when I, when he first introduced uh when we first we were first introduced to Dan, who is this who was the crazy guy with the shotgun, I thought he sounded Russian. So oh. when they revealed his name was Dan, I was disappointed because I was expecting like a Dimitri or an Ivan or something like that. Yeah. And then you um after you rescue Seth, you go on another mission to transport Sahelanthropus back to base and oh, yeah. um because Dan shows Yeah, because Metal Gear and Dan shows up um and then he starts talking more and I had a really hard time tracking his accent because it sounded like a cross between some form of Asian accent and like a crazy Spanish accent. It's like if anybody has seen Annihilation, the Natalie Portman film, Oscar Isaac, for some reason, in one scene has an inexplicable southern accent that does not show up in any other part of the movie. Like, it's kind of it's kind of like that. It's very weird. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's just so fucking strange. It's just like, I didn't, I don't know, I guess, Asian or like, he just, he just like, talks really angry and really crazy. And he just sounds like the, a mix between like an Asian and a Spanish accent. And I couldn't track it at all. I was just like, what are you trying to do here, dude? Yeah, you're just like this game. The tone is all over the place. What's happening? Um, But yeah, so uh, like you alluded to, essentially, Seth comes back to base with you. Seth's like, oh, thanks for saving me. That Dan guy's crazy. One thing that we haven't alluded to yet is that this Charon Corps has been sending people here forever. Like, they've been sending people here for a long time. You get audio recordings inexplicably of, like, the past crew that was Mm -hmm. here. And so Seth's like, Dan killed all my friends. Thanks for yeah, saving Seth's, me. He's yeah, crazy. Yeah, Seth came in and he was he just like he joined the Karen Corps here in Dite. 
Um, and then Dan apparently killed everybody. So we're a little wary about Dan, but Seth keeps calling me partner. And I'm just like, I don't like that. You call me partner a bunch. Um, and then you, when you get to Silanthropus, um, you meet Dan and Dan starts talking. He sounds a little crazy, but it makes me not trust Seth even more. Yeah. It's very strange. And, uh, and Virgil scans Dan's, uh, vitals and finds that he's mentally sound. Mm-hmm. So he's not like he hasn't gone insane or anything like that. Yeah, because Virgil has worked with these people before. Virgil's mm-hmm. been here, so Virgil actually does know Dan and Seth technically, but apparently mm-hmm. Virgil's memory is wiped or whatever. Yeah, something happened and Virgil doesn't quite remember, but they're talking to Virgil like they know who Virgil is. Yeah, so essentially you get sent to go discover this quote-unquote weapon that will dis- be able to destroy the Lord of Dust, which is just Metal Gear Solid from Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, it's uh, but it's all game. overgrown and fucked up and broken and stuff like that. Um, yeah, which I do want to talk to you about when the big twist gets revealed because I'm okay. trying to figure out. Well, what I'm trying happened to pl- here. I'm trying to place. Yeah, I've been trying to place like how that happened. Yeah, which and I don't. I spoiler don't. alert: it doesn't fucking matter. But yeah, it, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, so uh, chapter sixteen, you teleport the top half of the Metal Gear back to Dite's Afghanistan map. Um, you have these pretty, I would say probably the most intense waves of anything in this game up until the end. Yeah. This is where I think the mortars were first introduced. Oh yeah. It's with this defense. It's bananas. Like you can see the mortars before this point, but this is where they like are formally introduced. Yeah. Like if you're just doing like single player, like straight story missions, like this is where you see them for the first time. Yeah. Um, we discovered that Seth is secretly bad and nobody cares. And then Dan is secretly (laughs) bad and nobody cares. No, Dan's <laughs> secretly good. Sorry. Yeah. No, Seth is a boo boo bad guy. And um, after you finish this mis- mission, you get called and you're just like, you got to get back to camp now. Because uh, apparently, Seth revealed that he is a bad guy um, and he kidnaps Chris and threatens to kill Chris. Yeah. Because um, always go for the crippled black kid mm-hmm, ASAP. And he, wants, um, he wants you to come to the Afghanistan base alone. Um, and he locked all the other transporters, but Dan has some kind of like weird, he shows up at the base and is like willing to help. Yeah. And he has this like weird thing that'll let you teleport to it, to the Afghanistan map without using the base teleporter. So Reeve goes and scopes the place out. And the plan is that the captain's going to go distract. Um, I don't know distract. how, I don't know how Reeve got there so, in a way I, I that did, I, Seth didn't notice. I was, there was some like weird shit that was happening. Like Dan had like a, fa- I don't quite remember exactly. It was like some type of like, like technology, but Dan some Deus had Ex a Machina th- bullshit. Pretty much. Dan had a thing. Like, even though Seth had shut down all the teleporters, except for the one in the Afghanistan map, um, made Virgil do, made Virgil do that. Um, Dan had some type of thing that would let Reeve do- go there anyway. There was some weird, like, okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> which kicks <laughs> um, off the chapter 17, which is our, only boss fight. Yes. So, um, so Reeve goes and the plan is the captain's going to distract Seth, um, and, uh, Reeve is going to get Chris. Um, and then, uh, um, then you, you go and you find out that, uh, that, uh, Seth is apparently a host for the, the dust, and this is when you find out that the dust is actually just a mutation of our fucking medical nanomachines. This is when you find out it's nanomachines again. Yeah. And essentially and the, he says that you have it too. Like it's like yeah. in your arm or whatever. 
Yeah. So it was apparently dormant, but um, by coming in contact with Seth, it became undormant. Mm-hmm. And same with um, Virgil, right? So Virgil yeah, has the two personalities because one of them is an infection. Yeah, so it split them up so that the subroutines can run individually, and that's why it has two personalities. Sam, um, you became like a scholar for this game. I... <laughs> <laughs> like you know so much like yeah, the moment I, you were like yeah because of the subroutines i was like oh no like the <laughs> nanomachines have sam i know too much about this game um uh but it explains that it wants to get to our world um because it wants to essentially assimilate our everybody into its consciousness so there's only one will one consciousness and thing like that and it says that's the piece that humanity has been been waiting for um and then uh, this isn't when the big twist gets revealed right the oh no i i i legitimately don't know where that when that happens oh no yeah this is this uh this happens like right after um right after the battle i think oh the big twist is right after the battle i believe so okay virgil Virgil gets all of its memories back oh um, that's right yeah yeah explains it yeah Yeah, um which is pretty but it it's probably the one interesting thing about this but it's like being the one good thing in a dinner that you got out of the dumpster right um but yeah so we have this boss fight yeah you have this boss fight because uh the chris or seth is trying to essentially assimilate the captain and then reeve does this badass thing and just pops out from where he's hiding like shoot seth in the head and kills him grabs chris and goes and then the captain stands up and then the uh wander infection like wakes Seth up and he turns into like like this again he turns into a fucking bloodborne monster. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too is I will say Seth's instantaneous like no time to talk, shoot him in the fucking forehead was like the only believable part of this entire story. Yeah, like Reeve just puts him down so fast. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it was it was really cool. It's like this like oh Reeve's kind of a badass there. Yeah, it was like every character in every Metal Gear game should be taking cues from Reeve because like. Yeah. Everybody don't don't talk just die like it was insane <laughs> um but um i did want to talk to you sam so at what point did you stop playing um it was around here actually i think i beat seth and then okay. i stopped playing because i was just like Ugh. how did you go about the seth fight because i thought it was gonna be very difficult but besides him being a bullet sponge i did not have a hard time with this at all um i think i had like a shotgun at that the- point the little sawed off boy, like the eight yeah, shot. Yeah, and I, I mostly used that. The what I what I wound up doing was I essentially used Virgil as a shield because he, he can't harm Virgil, and I essentially just fucking Benny Hill around Virgil for a while. Yeah, so and, that's the weird thing about this boss fight is so you're battling him in the middle of the base that you've been building in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. The the thing that the game doesn't tell you is that when he fucking shoots, if you dodge it, it will blow shit up in your base. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. And that's the crappy part. Um, So the best way, like, that's why I found, like, the best way. I think it happened, and then I was like, oh, fuck. And I think the best way to um, mitigate that is by using Virgil as a shield because he can't blow up Virgil. Mm -hmm. So when he shoots, he shoots at you, but he shoots at Virgil and it misses you, and then you can run around and shoot him again. Yeah, I did the same thing, except I used the uh, level up station. uh, Oh, yeah. Because because it was, like, wider. can't die either, yeah. Yeah. And so what I did was I did that and I used flame arrows and I just like mm. peppered him like crazy with flame arrows and molotovs and he eventually went down. Yeah, it's not a hard boss. It's just he has a lot of help. It takes it's a lot a to put him fight. down though. Yeah, it's not a hard boss fight. It's just it's just quantity. And, it, you know, 
since this was the only actual boss fight in the entire game, I would have liked for it to be a little bit more. Uh, what 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 am I trying to find? Uh, uh, interesting, beefier, <laughs> yeah. interesting in any way. Um, but yeah, so that's Reeve. Do you want to talk about this post? Post Seth <laughs> twist, yeah, Virgil. The twist that kind of like weirdly, literally, it's the only thing that answers the Diamond Dogs base question. Yeah, but it's like yeah. why, like, yeah. and then it's just like so. So Virgil, after the battle, after since Virgil's infection essentially was resurfaced with the captains by coming in contact with Seth, Virgil remembered a bunch of shit. Um, and pretty much everything and tells you, Hey, um, this isn't an alternate dimension. This is the future. This yes. is the, f- this is the world's future. So you're yeah, not, you're, you're, on you're just, yeah, you're on earth in your own dimension. You just time traveled essentially through the wormhole. Um, and the Lord of dust, um, his whole thing is that he goes back in time and destroys the past that he lands in and then just keeps doing it. Um, yeah, he's like in a perpetual time loop where he yeah. like creates the future so he can eat the past, but does yeah. it forever for some reason. It's very weird. Yeah, we're clearly not worried about like time travel paradoxes or anything. Oh, not at all. Well, and the weird thing is, is like butterfly effect or whatever. The Diamond Dogs mother base being present is answered by this revelation, but as is the philanthropist thing, but that then poses the question: like, so are you trying to tell me that? Metal Gear Solid Five still happens after, so like that would have to be the case that Metal Gear Solid well, Five so happens. They, they um they kind of they kind of allude to that um in the um because you know this game obviously has a title card after the credits. Yeah, uh, yeah. And there's an alternate scene. ending too, right? Yeah, which is okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the alternate ending also kind of addresses that too. So essentially, like. My understanding is that the Phantom Pain is like still happened, but this is a potential future yeah, after cause, that. Because they go over it, and it's like I think they say like because you stopped Lord of Dust, this doesn't happen. So the thing that ha- the wormhole happening in the beginning of this game doesn't happen in Metal Gear Solid Five because the timeline of this game, you stop the Lord of Dust from going back in time and opening the wormhole in the first place. Um, it's really dumb. And it's giving me a headache. Yeah. So we should we should move on. <laughs> okay. Fine. Um we'll talk about the alternate ending, which is also very dumb. But yeah, yeah, so essentially they're just like hand waving like I don't know so between MGS five happening and this future where everybody's medical nanomachines decide to say fuck everybody. Mm-hmm. Um I guess somebody just abandoned Sahelanthropus in the woods in Africa forever. <laughs> Eli so, <laughs> Eli yeah. was like, No, nah, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> yeah, Eli was like you're not my dad. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, chapter 18 happens. Essentially, this is the home stretch. Chapter 18 is mm. kind of just like if you've played The Witcher 3 when you get to the end of the game and you get those like, hey, it's the last quest, but really it's like 17 quests of you collecting components for the final battle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that. Yeah, um, they do this thing where it's just like like Dan is like, well, we need to fix these blades to trap the Lord of dust for the plan so we can shoot it with his rail gun, but I don't know how to fix it. And then Chris is just like, I can fix it. And she's like, wow, Stem. I'm in a wheelchair. I know how to fix it. Yeah. Stem really did goodbye. Chris, huh? <laughs> like, cause when you find Chris, Chris doesn't tell you how he wound up in, in detail or in this future. 
Do you think he was born uh, here? Do you think like two wanderers birthed like a beautiful, oh God, intelligent child? I don't know. He, but like, if even if that's the case, he didn't tell you. He doesn't tell you how he wound up there. Oh, he never hold on. Ta- Weird, fucked up question, real quick. So, are mm. wanderers just people where the nano machines have taken over their body? That's yeah. That's what. So, I, so like, the implication is like the same nano machines that allow you to make a codec call can eat you from the inside out and turn you into a jolly rancher. That's the implication. That's kind of cool. That's kind of metal. Um, they yeah, they metal. don't really depict that, but yeah, because that's what Miranda's whole thing was. She wanted to like like find a cure. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, the, like they never explain Chris's whole deal. He never tells him how he gets there, and he's just really smart enough to fix a fucking Metal Gear fu- like function. We didn't so mention I, that he's dressed like Urkel too. By the yeah, way, he's definitely he's definitely dressed like Urkel. He sounds like this. <laughs> like, he has this really high, like whiny voice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they fix they the whole this like this whole thing is like we're fixing Metal Gear and we're getting ready for the final battle, and they fix Metal Gear, um, and then they they summon the Lord of Dust and they're all about to go home. Oh, we can't, like, we can't miss the Code oh. Talker thing. I want to talk about that real fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So chapter 18, we have to find a fucking another memory board. But <laughs> randomly, for no reason, and I could not find a teleporter anywhere near it, you end up in the mansion that Code Talker's in, in MGS5. Yeah. Um, yeah. Inexplicably. And the memory board is just in a server in this building. Yeah. So, but anyway, that, that's, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> And also another thing that I wanted to say, you know how like sometimes you walk around, this is nothing to do with anything, but sometimes you're, you're walking around like, and there's ambient dialogue. Uh huh. There was some dialogue that Nicholas said. He said something like the first thing I'm going to do when I get home is crack open a cold beer and watch some major league baseball. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, what? Like, why didn't you just say baseball? <laughs> I really wish, I really wish that he's going to be like crack open a nice cold beer and watch some WNBA. WNBA. I need to get. I need to see my girl Lisa Leslie. Jesus Christ! Oh, also, real quick before the going home blade trap stuff. So you have to build the blade trap first. Yes, yeah. And that fucking blows, dude. Like I legit. So here's how fed up with the game I was. I had like one piece of really good armor that had if you because you can break shit up and take the parts out of it again. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was like. Oh, I need to find this rare element, and I kept looking everywhere for the titanium alloy, but I guess I just like used all of it. And so I was like, I am so ready to end this game that I'm just going to break down my pants so I can use the alloy from my <laughs> pants to build this last fucking thing. <laughs> and then when I did that, it was like, oh, you need 200,000 cubon energy. Good luck. And so I ended up having to do some shitty mining side quests just to get mm-hmm. enough money to do this. But anyway... End of the digression. It was a yeah. little obnoxious, and then we get we get to the end that you're about to describe. Yeah, they build everything, and then Virgil's like, "Okay, you guys go through the portal. I'm gonna trigger the railgun um, and kill Lord of Dust, and you guys can go home." And everybody has like this weird like conscience moment where they're just like, "No, we can't leave Virgil here." It's like everybody has this like real emotional connection to um, to Virgil. Like people just start crying. Like yeah. it's very weird. So everybody like one by one decides they're staying. Dan says, "I'll stay and trigger the railgun," and then re- and then uh, Nicholas says, "I'll stay too." You might need a you might you an old timer somebody to crack your back or something like that. And then Miranda decides to stay because, of course, she does. And then Reva's like, "Fine, I guess." And the captain and then it's like the captain feels the same way, right, Captain? And then obviously you're staying because you yeah, why not? 
Well, and everybody um, says, but Chris, they're like, Chris yeah, has they to said, go. but they have to send somebody back. Um, so they give Chris all the data on wormholes and they send him back. So you send Chris through the, through the teleporter and everybody, and in case they haven't like, in case like you really wanted to get beat up by that, because apparently you didn't notice this. I did. Um, yeah. I absolutely did not until like two missions before this. I go, wait a minute. Yeah. They, um, they send Chris through the, uh, the, the wormhole. And as he's going up, he says, I promise I'll come back for you. And everybody's saying, good luck, Chris. Good luck, Chris. Good luck, Chris. <laughs> I really would have liked a, like a close shot on all of their mouths. And it's just like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. So good, good, like good, good, bad, not good or whatever the yeah, hell is, uh, Chris. is Chris. He winds up being Chris. Yeah. Um, that's dumb but yeah so this is so once you send chris through the teleporter you have to go down and defend the blades um but this is where the divergence happened where you can have the alternate ending and i didn't even think that this was a thing you could do yeah but I didn't if, either. You, if you turn around you can just go into the the, the portal and leave the battle without finding the lord of dust which is let amazing it, it ha- yeah just let it all happen you go through the portal and you wake up in like some desert and you look around and there's just nothing and then you start walking and that's just the end of the game. Well, but the way that you're walking and the way that you're looking, you look like one of the super weirded out like MSF wandering soldiers yeah. from MGS5. Yeah. And so yeah, I think yeah. the implication is that like you're one of those. Yeah. But the like, fucked up yeah. part is that means that the the implication then is that yeah, this game's they... fucking canon and that those guys are coming from here. Yeah. Which is like okay, yeah, no, yeah. That's like straight donkey shit. I don't know, like, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so that's the that's the quote unquote alternate ending. Yeah, but um, the actual this final battle is that, pretty sick, though. I really, en- I kind of enjoyed this. I was like, this well, is. It's like, it's I like would have liked this earlier. more. It's like you said earlier. It's like the best, the best like battles in this game is when you pretty much expend all of your resources to do it, and that's what this battle is. It's the final battle, essentially. Yeah, it's a lot. Like it's like. Yeah. When it sucks, too, because you're close enough to your base, but not close enough to where between waves, you really don't have time to fix anything. Yeah, you just have to kind of, like, deal like deal with it. Yeah, so it's like, the whole time I was, like, essentially what happens is there are these four drills that are creating these spikes out of the ground. Kind of like when Sahelanthropus in MGS5 would, like, swing his sword, and it would, like, send the shockwaves through the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, They've pinned the Lord of Dust, and so your whole thing is, like... Yeah, but you they pin him, but they need like yeah, they need yeah. to do it again to capture him. For sure. And so what you end up doing is you end up defending these four little stations. And then as each thing happens, they go, well, Chris set up a defense routine, so let me just trigger this. And somebody hits a button, and it just builds a fuck ton of like fences and barbed wire traps and mortars and all kinds of stuff. And so you essentially have this like playground to, yeah. to play with, to f- fend off. But you don't even get it. It's cool because they don't give you a timer. So you have no idea how long the wave lasts. Yeah. You're just kind of like duking it out. Yeah. And what I what struck me about this last battle here is that they don't like it's you by yourself doing this and they don't make mention of why Nicholas and Dan and Reeve can't help you right now. So they're just not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's so weird. It's just it's like a, yeah. well, this would be great, you know, if like and it would have been it would have been cool like 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 what they do with like Monster Hunter. Like, if these missions, like, the single-player missions where they're normally, like, like, they take the multiplayer missions and then put them into single-player and you do them by them by yourself, it's cool, like, if you can do them by yourself, but it'd be really cool if you could, like, some, like, you can, like, group up and do them. 
Yeah, exactly. Like that, if you could that get friends, cool. that'd be phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's the perfect. It's like the perfect like if this game has to be online all the time, that's the perfect way to justify it. They just don't ever justify it. For sure. Well, and on top of that too, even if even if that wasn't the case, like let me battle it with Reeve, Miranda, and Nicholas. You know what I mean? Like how cool would that have been to like? Yeah. You not only get this crazy playground of destruction that Chris has set up for you, including like some bananas shit, like flame traps that I'd never seen yeah. before. Um, but like, like let me defend it with my base people. Yeah. Like you have your AI partners, like if you're doing it single player, yeah, like throw them in there and like let you play with the base like the base partners. Like they haven't done shit this entire game, so why aren't they helping here? Yeah, like incentivize like if I can go out and recruit people for my base, like let me actually use them. You know? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. But it's it's fun. I ended up I ended this portion like legitimately out of every single thing that I had and like down to like no health mm-hmm. and with like several broken bones and it was really yeah. cool. And thankfully at the end of this, that's like the last you have to essentially play the game. Yeah. Um, so as soon as you get done with this, um essentially what ends up happening is you go up to Sahelanthropus and I thought it was gonna be this dope shit where it's like you get inside and you have like a rock'em sock'em robot battle with Lord <laughs> of Dust. But no, it's just like the top half of Sahelanthropus. Yeah. I'm assuming because they didn't want to do that yeah um and you just aim the rail gun and you shoot it and it splits in half and then it gets built together again and then the most i think probably the most the dumbest shit i've ever heard in my life so fucking stupid it's funny the the dumbest shit virgil explains that the lord of dust and the the dread dust as it's called cannot die because it doesn't know how it doesn't know what death is, so it doesn't know how to die, so it can't die. So Virgil's like, okay, I'm going to go launch myself into the Lord of Dust and teach it how to feel. <laughs> and teach I'm going to go concept. tell this motherfucker about death, and then you shoot him in the head. It's pretty yeah, much what happens. And then you have to fucking fire the railgun at the head and Virgil. Which has Virgil in it. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I don't know about you, Sam, I was crying. I was like, I don't want to kill you, my were friend. You, were you weeping? I didn't want to kill mom and kill dad. It was friend. like the only like emotional thing that happens in this awful. game. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, spoiler so alert. Kill, yeah, you, spoiler you alert. Win. Virgil's fine. Yeah, you win. You you kill you kill um you kill the Lord of Dust, it it turns purple and dies. Um and then you think Virgil's dead, and then before the emotional weight of like this character like being dead can sink in. Oh yeah, you just know, fucking, all of that emotional weight. Yeah, all of it. It fucking um well I guess so so I guess timeout. They um they have a conversation on the codec right before um right before they finally kill uh kill uh Lord of Dust and um Gooding Junior uh uh <laughs> like connects to you guys and plays plays his final message. Oh yeah, and, I forgot about this. Um and uh Reeve says, We don't have time for this shit and then Good Boy says we don't have time for this shit. I can almost hear Reeve say it right now. So I have a quick question. Yeah. How would he know that? Because Chris I don't think, got sucked away already. I think the idea is that he didn't know it, but he knows Reeve well enough to know that that's something that he would probably uh, say in that moment. That was poorly so think, written. That did yeah, not come across that didn't, way at all. It, yeah, I, had to, I, I was just like, yeah, it didn't land very well, but I think that was the idea. Um, and this is when... Um, with his when uh uh chris luck says that he is he is good luck so chris so this so good boy reveals that he is in fact chris and he got dropped um in like 1928 or something like that or like some like way too early time and oh, it was 1943 um, 43 yeah became a researcher 
and then then essentially spent his whole career trying to figure out wormhole technology to rescue everybody. Yeah, he like 11 2362'd. Like Stephen King, James Franco, like got to go back to stop JFK getting killed. Oh, whoops! I went back too far. Yeah. So, um, so that so that happened, which leads me to the thing is like, why didn't fucking Goodman tell them about uh fucking Seth? Yeah. Well, so yeah, there's a lot of why didn't he tell them about? But the other thing is, um, there's a point in the game where I'm pretty sure it's implied that um, the good guy Greg uh killed himself. <laughs> Yeah, is it not? That, they're like, yeah, they he's said, like, dead he's like now. on his way to. I'm on my way to purgatory now, or something like that. It's just like, Gru. Well, so here's the thing: Gruen tells you that he killed himself. Uh, I so don't know that he's believed. actually dead, but but then, but then, but then, Batman himself says that he's on his way to purgatory or something like that. They don't explain it very well, but yeah. um. But yeah, so he ha- you have this conversation, and then Virgil Virgil sacrifices mom and dad sacrifices themselves, and then um, uh, as soon as like like uh, like imagining this is just like somebody imagine you're watching uh, playing a good game or watching like a good movie or something like that, <laughs> and one and a beloved character says I'm gonna sacrifice myself for this thing to happen and then they do and then before the emotional weight of this person dying can land on you they come back and say JK I'm still alive that's so, what happened in this like so immediately just last, after last Jedi almost. yeah pretty much like immediately after um immediately after this happens uh, sacrifice so Vir- Virgil comes back except now Virgil is purple and it's only one thing because they they realize that they came back and um they found out that their shell was made to withstand nuclear fall or nuclear bombs so they didn't die from the railgun. And since the Lord of Dust was killed and since the Dread Dust was destroyed, um, its infection was gone. So it reunited its subroutines and now it's only one one AI and it's purple now because because dad Virgil was blue and mom Virgil was red. So now it's purple. I wish that it would have been the man and the woman's voice simultaneously from this that point would have forward. Been, it would have been would very have, creepy and cool. It would have been very creepy. So now it's mama dad. Um, cause they're one good old mama dad. Um, yeah. So the weird thing is, is the game continues from here. So you can continue to do memory board stuff, rescue missions, digging, container collecting. Um, those two, uh, boss fights we talked about with big mouth and frostbite. You can do that. You can encounter them in the wild once you're like level 50 or level 43 or something mm-hmm. um unfortunately it just doesn't make any sense narratively because if we destroyed the lord of dust and wiped out all of the parasites yeah, why are there why still the wanderers fuck? yeah boss monsters and stuff around it makes but, no sense yeah. um also um, why is but, there dust at all because there's a cutscene that shows you all of the dust leaving no that was the portal closing oh gotcha gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah yeah um but uh uh yeah, the right after like Virgil reveals that it's still alive, um, they do the credits and they show the title card of the game, and of course they have a little conversation, and it's Gruen and I think it's Gruen and Good Luck arguing, and this is where they reveal that Good Luck. To- I'm using his real name. What am I? Do- what am I doing? Um, things are getting serious. <laughs> yeah, they're getting too serious. Um, good job tells uh, great job. Gruen. Gruen tells great job that. Uh, um, he told them that there was going to be a portal over the uh, over the mother base, and it never happened. Um, and uh, um, he's reporting 
um, good boy to like the fucking president, I guess, or something stupid like that. Oh, I totally and, missed. I I think I totally misinterpreted this. I mean, granted, it was like two o'clock in the morning when I finished this, but I one hundred percent felt like I got no new information from this phone call. Oh yeah, no, it was it was essentially them talking about how um, good boy said that there was going to be a portal that appearing over Mother Base, and that they needed to uh, be beware of that, and then it never happens. And Gruen's like, I'm tired of you. I'm going to report you to this thing. And then he hangs up or goes away or something. And Good Boy's like, that's fine by me. And then he starts monologuing about how he's going to make sure that um, fucking the technology isn't ever going to ruin the future again. And thanks the heroes without names. He keeps um, calling them that. He keeps calling everybody that. And it's like, what? Okay. (laughs) And like thanking them for saving the future and some shit. And he's going to fight to protect the future like the captain did or something like that. And then it just ends. Yeah, I think I don't know if there's any way to actually leave. Um, it might happen once you hit like level fifty that you can just be like, "I can leave," uh, mm. but you're like kind of permanently just trapped in detail, I believe. And yeah, that's Metal Gear Survive. I don't know. Um, let's throw in some final thoughts before we do kind of the wrap up, send off stuff. So, Sam, like, what it, if you had to just completely just give me like the back of the box, like this is Sam's opinion on this game. Should I mm-hmm. buy it? Is it worth my time? What is this? Like, how would you kind of frame it up? I would say it's a deeply flawed game that has flashes of good, and that's what makes it so bad. Is that it's so it's like so many degrees off of good that like. You see the potential, but it's just they just never achieve it, and it becomes a disappointing mess. And um, I wait. I would save your money. Um, maybe like maybe like if you can find it in a sale for like ten bucks down the line, maybe pick it up if you're curious. But I think if it's more than that, I wouldn't waste your money or time on it. Yeah, for me, it's like I think it's less about money and more about time. Like yeah. It's like there's I can so just, many other can, great games to play. Like why? Yeah, I'm an I'm an adult. And I get paid my paycheck. I can I can be okay with losing forty bucks, but it's just like I have a finite amount of time, and I could be spending it doing other cool things, and I wasted it on this. Yeah, and even if you're like me, and you have some sort of weird illness that overtakes you from time to time, and you're like, <laughs> I just want to grind things. Um, there are so many other things you can play. Yeah. Like I, I mean, fucking boot up like. OG Dragon Warrior on iOS and you know what I mean? Like anything. <laughs> so many other things you could be doing right now. Um, yeah. I would give it a dumpster meal out of pancake. Yeah, I could get with that. I think, yeah. I, so I echo a lot of the same sen- sentiments that Sam says. Um, obviously from you guys on that Facebook post, I don't, I don't feel like I need to take back anything that we said in this Facebook post because I don't think we were necessarily wrong. No, I, th- at the, I, th- I think at the time we were still like fresh with it and it was it was giving us those flashes of potential. So I think like saying the positive things about it that we did was fine. Yeah. And um, I, tr- truth be told, even finishing the game, I don't I don't think me saying the game's better than 
I thought it was going to be yeah. is necessarily false. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and the not... co-op stuff is fun. Like, yeah. again, the co-op stuff is fun. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not trying to be like a survival apologist or anything like that. I think it is a colossal I... waste of time and a waste of yeah. resources for Konami. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, I but give yeah. it a good I give it a good buy out of good luck. Yeah. I uh go play fucking any free to play game and it would be like a better use of your time than this. Mm-hmm. Like let it die. Go play is a better game than this. Fortnite. Yeah, well, play Yeah, Fortnite's great. Go play yeah. Fortnite, yeah, or something. Yeah. Go play if something you, else. If you want craftable survival kind of fun shit with personality, I would definitely play Let It Die, the free to play suit of 51 like tower mm-hmm. crawler. Um if you want dude even like the fucking single player for Fortnite is better than this yeah. like the single player kind of like survival mode or whatever yeah. um yeah i don't know i just it's not great go it's play not fucking, metal gear um, go play don't starve yeah pretty or much don't starve, or don't starve together like go play some and literally anything else yeah go play except fucking, uh, go play go play crashlands yeah pretty much i uh i can't recommend you go play a way out um because i did not like that game um but Wait, definitely play anything else uh a way out the that co-op two brothers oh, yeah. game that just I've, came out that's the i've heard so many different things i've heard I've, I've heard you say it's bad and i've heard somebody say that uh it's like their game of the year so far so i'm very confused yeah the gameplay itself is fine the story is like the most generic stupid shit story um mm. And I think the acting is like room level acting. Whoa, you're dude, tearing me apart, Lisa. Dude, it's pretty bad. Anyway, that's story for another time. But I think yeah. a, a way out hit me with the same feelings that this did, which is like, if you strip the mechanics out and you make them a little bit more interesting, cool. This could be great. Um, as it stands right now, the story is complete garbage. I have no incentive to keep playing, and I can see the twists coming from a mile away. Mm. Um, and I feel the same way for both of the games, like simultaneously. Yeah. I would say those things. But I feel that. anyway, yeah, yeah that's like, fucking like Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> if you feel like you, if you feel like you have some free time that you don't want to spend on anything else, and it's ten bucks, pick it up, give it a shot. But otherwise, don't waste your time, don't waste your money. One, well, it's like they were afraid to even use Metal Gear music, so like hardly anything Metal Gear actually is even in this game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it's like all locked up in like some weird kojima contract or something or well it can't it can't be because they yeah use, because they, they, they own did it use, they use snake in in it uh, for a little bit yeah and, and metal they, gear like yeah all those, like they there's a lot of stuff that they used that like it doesn't make any sense why they why they didn't just like go heavy on the metal it's, gear. yeah maybe it's, it's because they weird. wanted to, like, maybe it's because they wanted to like distance themselves from kojima's like legacy maybe but I guess. I think, it's very I strange i think that's stupid you're gonna make a Metal Gear game, then you're already you're already opening yourself up to the legacy and the comparisons. So you might as well just go all in on it for sure. Well, cool, you guys. Um, that was episode sixty five Metal Gear Mondays. We're back. Goddamn! Holy, God damn holy it. shit, we did it. We did an episode of a podcast. Woo! Woo! Um, yeah. So just to reiterate, um, I, I said it before. So and Sam, I might need your help on this. Um, Uh-oh. I am retro. I'm gonna retcon. I'm gonna go through the wormhole and I'm gonna retcon <laughs> a couple things. So I'm going to record um, 64 variations of new uh, kind of top of the episode things that you can do to help the show um, mm-hmm. for the past backlog um, because maybe, we are going maybe to... Maybe we should all record some. Yeah, I think that'd be great. And we could maybe even do it on the rising episode 
the one we record. Yeah, um, sure. But um, my whole sort of thought process was we are starting a Patreon specifically for Metal Gear Mondays and only Metal Gear Mondays. Um, and so if you like this show and, and you want to help support the show, um, the reason why we have to do these sort of seasons with breaks in between now is because we're all extremely busy. But we mm-hmm. love the show. We love you guys. And we love the fact that you guys have just like seriously we have poured like, out since, so much yeah, love since we stopped since the show stopped we have not stopped getting letters and like like questions and fan mail and stuff from people and like answering questions and i want to shout out um, matt smith who's been just like heavy with the letters and we appreciate that quite a bit but like absolutely it hasn't stopped and it's just like there's still like demand for this um and uh we are you know very appreciative of that and as if you if you recall if you listened to it we uh we got very emotional at the end of our final episode um i had announced anyway previously that uh that i was going to be going to be walking away regardless um of it stopping or not and uh i got very emotional at the end of that episode it's meant this podcast means a lot to us um and it means a lot to be able to bring it back and it means a lot that you guys still care about it um, so that's why, um, that's why we wanted to do the season format because it would help us be able to do it while still maintaining all the stuff that we do outside of it. Totally. Could not have said it better myself, Sam. You just nailed it. Um, boom, baby. I got to win words, um, bitch. But yeah, so I got to win words, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Patreon all through just Metal Gear Mondays, um, and on SoundCloud. Um, we still have all the episodes up there. Um, thankfully, SoundCloud's going to let me like retcon all those past episodes and, and re-upload the files, which is great. But um, paying to keep the, the show going, um, even through the SoundCloud servers and up on iTunes and everything like that, um, is still the same uh, sort of cost as it was before. But we've been kind of keeping it going no matter what. So any sort of assistance in keeping the servers up would be great. Outside of that, um, we do at some point, if we can raise the capital through Patreon... Um, we would love to have um, the ability to do like a streaming, uh, like playing Metal Gear games and streaming uh, related games uh, like once or twice a month mm-hmm. um, or even more than that, depending on the support that we get. Um, and we want to do some other fun stuff too, like pay to have special episodes for all of us to travel and and, and do them in person and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So um, every little bit helps. Um, the structure for that Patreon hasn't been totally solidified just yet by the time mm-hmm. of recording. So definitely go to patreon.com slash Metal Gear Mondays to check out more information. Uh, but we're just going to try and be more transparent, uh, more fun, um, and just more available for you guys uh, moving forward um, in a way that's respectful of our time as well well um also we'd like to give a shout out to heinrich ness uh, i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly h-e-n-r-i-c-k uh separate word n-e-s-s um, for creating the wonderful theme of tara uh rearrangement that we're including as the new theme song for the show um he's available on soundcloud.com as heinrich ness as well as on youtube and you guys should check him out um, i'll throw a link to his work in the show notes for the episode yeah, outside of that, Sam, is there anything that you want to point folks to go check out? Have, have, have you found any cool shit uh, since um, last we recorded? <laughs> found, any, found any cool shit? Um, there's this like cool otter wearing a Seattle t-shirt here in Seattle. Um, Hell yeah. I took a picture in front of that boy. Mm-hmm. So there was that. I want people to be aware of that. I want people <laughs> to go to the, uh, the Pop Culture Museum in Seattle because it's really cool. 
Yeah, it was super good. No Metal Gear mm-hmm. things, unfortunately. No Metal Gear things, but cool. like a bunch of other really cool stuff. Um, <laughs> so those are those are just things that I want you to be aware of. If you're ever in the Seattle area, go check those out. Very um, nice. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you want it's at Sanjul. It's S A N J U U L. Um, if anything comes up, like if I'm doing any like side projects or other things, I will let you know there. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. I also wanted to say, um, I am Matt AF. Matt, listen, we got to talk about how I never attacked you once. (laughs) I officially defended you and I have a lot of respect for the U S postal service and the people that work for them. So just wanted to throw that out there. That's all I have to say. I don't know what that's all about, but okay. It was when I was doing when I was doing from another mother, um he was listening to that and my co-host on that show um <laughs> lashed out against the US Postal Service <laughs> and Matt and he's held a grudge ever since. That's amazing. <laughs> and he has lumped me into this grudge and I haven't done anything to him except defend him and nurture him and that's and be kind. <laughs> so <laughs> great. Um well, yeah, cool. I'm not going to make any promises as to when this is going to happen, but I am eyeballing doing some community blog stuff on Kotaku's sort of just like uh, user-generated content. And so I think I'm going to be doing some video games writing, but I think I may do like Metal Gear retrospective write-ups um, that also include the corresponding episodes of this show talking about each game in the series and why they're important sort of historically. Um, and so if you're interested in that, definitely check that out. You can just go to acsummerfield.com to check out like my writing and my film work and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, like I had mentioned at the top of the episode, um, next week we're, uh, from the time of release of this episode next week, um, the Metal Gear Rising episode will be out. Um, week after that, we will have a, an episode on talking about Metal Gear mobile games, um, internationally. Um, and then we're going to have an episode about Metal Gear fan fiction, and then we'll be taking a break and coming back. Um, we'll be recording our Peace Walker season in late June, so that will more than likely release probably like mid-July, late July. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Peace Walker is one of my all-time favorite Metal Gear games, so I'm very excited, I'm excited to, play, to that. play it because I still have never played it. Yeah, it's so. wonderful. Um, and I think the story is one of my favorites, so... Uh, that's why I hold five in such uh, specific light for what it did with the story that I really enjoyed from Peace Walker. But mm. woo! Anyway, uh, Sam, this Hi. is weird, but we didn't really talk about the use of Metal Gear iconography and survive in terms of the the cardboard boxes. Um, so we didn't. You can wear you can wear it on your head. Yeah, you can wear it on your head. And then you, when you beat, you give it to your you friend beat, as a as a gift. Yeah, when you beat um when you beat a, a digger mission, they drop a bunch of them, and you can collect stuff from them. You can collect prizes from them. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, though, I mean, have you ever? I it's kind of a weird roulette system, right? Because sometimes when you crack them open, there's a ton of materials and everything's great, and you're excited. But then mm-hmm. other times, it's almost as if it's just a box. It, it's Oh my god. That felt so good. Just a box. 